Welcome to Going Bananas. Peter Shubb, it's absolutely an honor and a pleasure to have you uh, as our guest. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely great to have you. I, I, out of all the shows that I've worked on, I've never had the opportunity to work with you. A legend, uh, honestly uh, recognized by many, many people about how great you are. I was telling you earlier today about how your, uh, how your art transcends from circus to stage to uh, your teacher. Um, it's, it's truly a pleasure to have such a, a recognized uh, talent in, in our studio. Oh my God! So much flattery. This is lovely. Hey, it's not. It's not flattery. It's. Uh, it's what we feel about you in the business. How? Uh, That's nice. Well, I mean, because we're in this current situation, we can't avoid it. The pandemic. Um, how? How is it for you? I'm. Uh, I'm. In a balancing act. A balance. A balancing act between. Um, um, trying to stay grounded and, and, and see a healthy perspective and on the other side losing my sanity. A lot of people have, a lot of people are, are, are maybe putting a re, uh, pushing, pressing a reset button on their lives a little bit. Yeah. Their priorities are changing or maybe their, their, their priorities are changing on, on their personal lives against the professional, maybe having a, a different balance. Uh, I think it's I think it's quite um, complicated for many people, certainly in our industry, in the in the uh, industry of entertainment, in live entertainment. We're certainly under the gun at the right at the moment, right? Certainly, certainly. It's like the carpet has been pulled from under us. Yeah. And what happens when that hap when we need we we need to react because when the carpet is pulled, we lose our. You, sa you said it a moment ago. We lose our balance. Yeah. So it's we're now put in a situation where uh, we have to f to find we have to reestablish the balance, whatever that means for you. So each person has to sort of figure out what that is, and we have never had this before. I'm hoping that in, uh, later in retrospect. This was actually some kind of gift for many artists who, who were able to, to use the time to perhaps spend more time with their children, hello, mm -hmm. and work on some new material, and that later we're going to, we're going to go through this. Do you think, have, have you worked on new material? Yeah, I have worked on new material. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've always worked in, in the live entertainment business, you know, I've got a deadline, I've got an opening night, I've got a press night or something like that. And now um, it's different because there's no, there's no clear press night, there's no clear deadline. And sometimes I think, I think that we are, we're trying, we like the pressure of being ready on time, being perfect, having all the tests done and everything. But then at the moment we don't know, we haven't got a clear picture of where we're going to be in one month, two months, six months, a year. And uh, I wonder how creative can you be when you don't know when you're going to be back, let's say, in the full swing? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But do you feel pressured? Do you, do, can, yeah. you, can, you, can you generate that pressure to achieve your creation 
that you that you're working that you're thinking about? Sometimes, no. Sometimes, not all the time. You know, sometimes um, I, I'm feeling despair in the last months on a level I never felt before. I'm. Uh, we're, we say in show business, we're, uh, we're in the shit. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be there for a while. I think a lot of it has to do with what kind of person you, you're, what is your, how you're built, how you're put together, what's, how you can uh, tolerate this kind of um, blackness, this, the hole, you know, we're all falling down this ho the rabbit hole. And it, it puts us in touch with our sense of uh, mental survival. Do you feel better because you've had quite a few number of, of years behind you and the experience that, that you're, you're a celebrity? People will, when they want to start back up again, they're going to look to Peter Shubb because he's uh, an, established, an established artist. Uh, do you feel better about that? What, uh, I mean, what do you say, what do you think about the 20-year-olds that are just dreaming about a, a life in what we've been lucky enough to uh, enjoy? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's not easy for them. Uh, I don't know if people are going to look at me for setting an example. I don't know. I think it's difficult um, for 20-year-olds, um, no matter what's going on on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's an exciting time. I remember when I was 20, I, you know, and I had no internet, no uh, cell phone. When, I was when were you twenty? Uh, I would have been twenty and eighty-two. Mm. Yeah, long time ago. Wow! But I remember. Uh, you look very good for an old man. <laughs> I I remember not not when I was twenty, but uh, I started sort of professionally performing, twenty-two, twenty-three, and um, I remember. That's kind of late. Yeah, but it was based on sort of uh, an athletic career first, but I was. Um, but I remember desperately trying to get a contact of somebody in America. And it came from a, uh, another artist with a little black book with a telephone number, right? Call, call this guy uh, or this address because we were writing letters, sending a great big uh, VHS uh, uh, tape. That, you know, there, were, there was no sort of technology in those days. And I remember it was as hard as hell to, to, to get other jobs. But... Having said that, people would say, you can try in Germany, you can try in Italy, there's something going on in the States or something. Now, you, the world is massive now. Uh, you know, yeah. we send one WhatsApp message and it's in Australia, what, half a second later. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, so we're, we're like a lot... It's, uh, the world is big, but it, it's... it's um, we're separated, but we're, we're so connected, if we want to be, through, through the internet, through the technology. I think the pandemic, my personal opinion is the pandemic is, is maybe the first pandemic sort of controlled by social media. And yes, yes, we've had, this is very serious and I take it uh, um, very seriously, whether it's for myself or my family or for the other artists that we're trying to protect. But uh, a lot of people don't know what's going on because there's so much information which contradicts each other, and then I'm a little confused. And you know, when you're when you're 
looking out for jobs or something, you're, we're also looking for safe countries, safe zones. Yeah, uh, Italy, they've got it under control. Maybe I can think of working there or something. Some other countries, they're in the red zone or no travel restrictions. Visas are difficult to get. It's, uh, it's a scary time for everybody. It sounds like the game we play as children, hide and seek. Yeah. You know, yeah. so now you can go globally to hide from this pandemic. You, you hear about one section opening up, or maybe we can go there and get work. Yeah. Uh, as you did, before there was a pandemic, you, you, were, you wanted to come to America. You, you found mm -hmm. out that's the place. I like this story that you just said, that you, it was just by coincidence that there was a note written down or something and some tape, and, and hearing you say that, it sounds like, you know, just... It has to be a good friend to give you the number. If he wasn't friends, <laughs> you'd be like, sorry, I can't tell you. Uh, you know, they were, everyone was protective about their little black book of numbers. Yeah, you, know, you, you had no idea then that you were going to become as successful as you were. No, but, but, but you're the same. You're, you're how, many, how many kilometers were, uh, six, 7,000 kilometers from your hometown? Yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. right? I mean, we're a similar, we're a similar age. You <clears throat> yeah. had a similar ta challenge. You're, you're, you uh, studied actor, sociology. No, well, I studied sociology, sociology and I switched. And uh, I never looked back. You know, I just kept going, similar to you. So I think if there's a message, what I'm hearing now, if we want to give it to 20-year-olds, it is that you have to, it doesn't matter what you, what you do, but you just have, you have to believe in yourself. No matter what the odds are against you making it, you have to believe in something. You have to find what is your passion and, and, and go in that direction. And now, even more so because of this pandemic, it's sort of uh, putting this drip on us, this idea that, well, um, life as we knew it is over. We have to rediscover ourselves. We have to find a new way. That, that should not overwhelm anybody. And so we have to believe that life somehow, in a magical way, will take care of us. Yes, cool. We have to trust life. It's not easy right now, but we have to hold on to hope that things will get better. But when you, when you were in the States, did you, have a, did you have a master plan, a strategy of what, this is what I want to do, or did you just follow your success or your passion? I knew, well... Um, I, I knew what I didn't want to do. I wasn't sure exactly the path. Um, I knew I didn't want to, to work at an, a job nine to five with that kind of um, um, defining idea of being stuck in the same kind of job for many years. I wanted to have an adventure. I really wanted to have an adventure. You were like that as a little boy? You yeah. like adventure? Yeah, very much. Danger? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the unknown. I like facing my, my fear. Uh, I, I do that a lot. And leaving America to go to Europe was, I was 21 years old, and I didn't have a master plan. Where, where, so when you left the States at 21, yeah. where, did you, where did you come to and I, why? I, I went to Brussels because I, I had a friend. She lived there, and, and that was, she picked me up at the airport and took me into her home for a few days. And from there, I, just, I, went, over, I went to 12 different countries in, hmm. in three months. And I was performing on the street. I just had a backpack. 
and a few tricks, cool. and I could juggle a little bit, and it was it was beautiful. It was a, it was the right time. I don't know if people could. Was do that, that the now. best time of your life? Maybe that, because there you know was no they say that there's five or six highlights in your life, and that was definitely one of the highlights. The 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 uh, freedom to. But why why wouldn't you do that in America? Why wouldn't you do that in New York? You're born in New York. Why wouldn't you uh, be a street yeah, artist? Yeah, it was too it was too fast. The New York. Uh, California, maybe, but I, I, I wasn't familiar with that side of the country. So in New, I knew New York and Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And these cities, they, they didn't have a gemütlich, they didn't have a, 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 the street scene. That's my, my phone. It's fine. Uh, it's technology talking to technology, you when you least you expect it. You never know what life's going to throw you. And I, I just, I, I, I lean towards Europe because I have read. I read in books. We didn't have the internet. That I, I read in the books that that um, street performing is part of the culture and part of the history of, of of Europe, and that was very exciting to me. Plus, I was getting, I was becoming more and more interested in pantomime, and I did some research in the library to find a good. Clown and you might have school. to explain to some people what a library is because I remember I had my library card. Yeah, yeah and I was yeah. in trouble if I didn't library take the book. Card. I, I was I, in trouble if I didn't take the book back. <laughs> yeah, you would get pen, uh, yeah, penalized. Fine. Yeah, yeah. So I did this research and I, I found out I discovered that the best schools for clowning and, and pantomime were influenced by by uh, three people, all in Paris. In the in the eighties or in the in the twentieth century, and these people were uh, Marcel Marceau, of course, everyone knows him, uh, Jacques Lecoq, um, and Etienne Ducroux. So I thought, well, why don't I just go for the horse's and you'd mouth? Read, you'd read about these guys <coughs> back in the states. Yeah, I read about them and I heard from other performers, and some of the best schools were in California for for theater, uh, for circus arts and mime and experimental theater. And when I spoke to them, I, I, I researched their background and I asked them where did they learn this, and some of them had learned it in Paris. That's and, why and, you studied in I, Paris. And then I discovered the f such a freedom, I had such a, a, a sense of freedom when I realized I can perform on the street. I'm 20 years old, I can gather a, an audience and do some tricks and some jokes. They laugh, they're united in laughter. They feel good together. They're, they they like me. No, they love me. And afterwards, I say goodbye. Before you go, um, put something in the hat. Right. And they put something in the hat, and it was more money than I. I, I was in. I, I was a, a student of the university, and my job was being a tour guide, and I was making like six dollars an hour. And and I did a twenty-minute show, and I made like thirty dollars. I couldn't, so it gave me, I didn't, have to, I didn't have to work, or I could work when I wanted to. Yeah. Which is not really, that's not the way society runs. You know, you, Absolutely we're, not. We're not supposed to work like that. Yeah. We're not, it's not supposed no, to function like that. I think, I think, uh, I think even really structured, reg, uh, regimented people, they, they're sort of jealous of your free spirit. That you leave, leave home, leave your, uh, you know, your comfort zone, let's say, yeah. and then and then you move to Europe. Which in those days, I remember being uh, living in England. I, when I came to France, I came to truly a different country, different culture. Yeah. Now it's all mixing in a little bit. You yeah. see the same shops in every shopping centre. It's it's lost that sort of 
mystere and that sort of uh, sex appeal. Yeah, or, uh, maybe it'll change. Maybe because of Corona, society is is going to be uh, mixed up, and you know the puzzle is going to be rearranged, and and, and cities will have will be more. They have their identity um, again. Yeah. That would be a nice thought, though, yeah. Yeah. because you can be. With respect to all those cities, Paris is, is as I told you, I know well, um, and they still have a lot of street performers. I used to play in front of the Centre Pompidou, in front of the Centre Pompidou before they had behind, the Centre Pompidou was in front of me and behind were the shops. Right. Now when you look at the shops, there's a Starbucks, there's a McDonald's, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's sad, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I totally it's, agree with you. I, I really enjoyed, you know, I remember, I remember a long time ago that uh, my mum... My mother knew somebody uh, American who was in some Air Force base or something, yeah. and he bought, he could get me uh, a baseball glove. Now you can buy them in every store. Yeah. Uh, but I remember getting something from a different country, which was a different culture. Loved it. You know, it was like this, this thing. Now it's, that's lost its charm. Yes, yes. Mm. It becomes the same everywhere. Now we have, yeah. to, we have to discover different planets. That's that's wow. the future. I mean, we I we can't just stay on Earth today. forever. So people will say, "Where'd you get that?" Oh, I got this on 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 Jupiter, and this is from Mars. And this, that's the future. Not in our lifetime, Peter. No, no, but it's no. fun to dream, isn't it? It's fun. It's fun to dream ahead. Well, I think uh, your. Uh, I said to you uh, today, your world. I think your world. I have the most, the deepest respect for your your world because you come in cold. And you have to, you have to entertain them. You have to catch them. If uh, I come from more of an you, you mean in the theater, what yeah, do you, in what the you theater mean? Or, or, the or on the street, or in the street. I, I... circus uh, street, you have to catch them because if you're not if you're not entertaining them on a, on the street, I imagine they just walk by and say, "Oh, that's cool," but they just keep uh, you haven't caught them. It's a good so training. you're not going to get you're not going to get your dollar or your uh, franc in those days. Yeah, but uh, but. And I just think in, in an athletic world and even in the artistic world, someone does a handstand and people are, oh, it's, and, and they're pulled to it because it's a physical ability. And the people, the artist, myself, when I was more athletic and, or handstand or an aerial trapeze, they can zone out a little bit from the public. Yes, of course, we don't like to, but if there's nobody watching, um, we just do our act. You can't. House rehearsals for you when there's no audience. Well, then what is it? If you can, if you can space out a bit, what is it that the audience is tuning into? No, I'm just saying that if if I have no audience, I, I always tried to give a hundred percent when I was rehearsing, pretending that I can see. But if you are on the street, you you have to perform for money. If you don't do great, you're not going to get any money. And I think it must be one of the hardest professions because you, you're cold. The true. people are cold. I, I live in Hanover in a huge house, 15 rooms. And sometimes I wonder how many people I had to make laugh. How many laughters did I need to, to pay for this house? Millions. Millions. Yeah. Millions. But you studied in, but then you, then you studied in Paris, right? <clears throat> yeah, I studied in Paris. But it, it, it's, I just want to go back a minute to what you said, how... A, a comedian has to, to, to engage. Ha, to engage. I, that's I, a good word. To engage. I shouldn't to, have to, given to you connect, a word because connect, your words are connect, better. Connect. Engage. Connect. Yep. No, it's a good word. Uh, um, uh, an acrobat. He he. Um, 
is maybe dependent more on his technique. We're applauding mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, uh, we're in awe of, of how he can do his technical feats, his technical tricks. And yeah, so it's technique. Yeah. But the comedian's also using technique. I think it's the technique of, of acting. You have to be, I think a good clown first has to be, I, mean, I, I think, I'm afraid now many clowns are going to write to me and say, no, I don't agree. But this is my, my opinion, is that a good You're clown right. has to be a good actor. Yeah. So it's the technique of acting. Well, it's, I'm going to jump ahead to something, um, something that I read, you said. Um, if you don't mind me quoting your words, because um, because when I read it, I, I you said that your performance is a lie on stage. You said the only thing that matters is they accept my lie. That is acting, right? That's acting. That's acting. Yeah, because I think a, a good on stage, a good. I'm more interested in a good liar. A, lie, a person who can lie, but we have the fun of his lie, the pleasure, the joy, than the person who tells the truth, but is completely boring. Yeah. So in that way, theater is a lie. Theater is really about, but the honesty, it also has an honest part. The part of, that. <laughs> of finding the game, yeah. Finding the game between me and, and and the audience, yeah. And there's there's a game inherent. There's a game uh, in, uh, in every moment, if you have the eyes to see it. Mm -hmm. So you have to find this game, and then somehow you have to underline it so that the audience understands. Ah, okay, it's a game. Oh, I not, I understand the rules of the game. Because if they if if I understand the rules of the game that I'm playing, but they don't, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. So and that's. Did the, you die a few times the on the street? Did you die a few? I have died on the street. I have died on in, on stage. I've died in circuses, but I keep coming back because I love it. And and no comedian, no, they're, they're, it's impossible to be a clown without failing. Of I course. just read the other day that it's impossible. Someone said <clears throat> Keith Johnston who's one of the founding fathers of modern improv theater, Keith Johnson said that you can't learn anything without failing. Yeah. If you think about it, it's true. When we're a little kid, when we're a baby, and we want to learn to walk, how many times have we stood up and, fall, and fell over? That's, that's failing, and that's part of learning. You can't learn anything without failing. So to do comedy... You have to be willing to take the risk. You have to be willing to step into the void and, and, and feel the room and try to win them on your side, that they like you, that they love you, mm -hmm. and that they're in your world. You have to bring them into your world of, of comedy. In my opinion, a comedian or a clown, the goal, in my opinion, the goal is to, to, to get people to laugh. Are you a comedian or a clown? <laughs> Or an actor. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. I am. Yeah. I yes. I, I just do my thing, and I, I let the press put me into a, a box. You know, we love to put people in boxes. I mm -hmm. mean, that's I, that's part of that's how we're wired. That's how we 
we exist. Is it safe? Is it dangerous? Is, is he, do I have to run away? Can I stay here? Um, he's that, she's that, that's a teacher, that's my father, that's, uh, he's a comedian. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's a mixture. I think, I think when I'm in the circus, people have to understand what's going on here and what are they watching. So if I'm in the circus and I'm making people laugh, oh, he's a clown. But if I'm in the theater and I'm performing the same kind of show, but my clothes are a little bit different, he's a comedian, like Mr. Bean. Yeah. And some people would say Mr. Bean's a, a clown, and, and some would say he's a physical comedian. Who, um, apart from Marcel Marceau, the, the mime, uh, uh, who do you hold, who inspired you? Um, uh, other, yeah. Or is it mainly the pantomime uh, guys? Or were there celebrity performers into that, that, I, that we would know? Um, well, you wouldn't know this one. He was my father. He was, he was the clown of my family. He, he inspired me. He was a funny guy. What was he? What was, uh, but he wasn't in the entertainment world. Mm-mm. No, he was, uh, he was selling real estate. Real estate in Florida, and <laughs> he did. He was okay in what he did, but uh, he was funny. He was always in a, a good mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important. I learned from him that the importance to to sell your joy and and hide your pain. That's what a clown's job but you is. Have you got to sell. feel pain as well, though. No. Yeah, you can feel pain, but if you play pain with pain. Uh, it doesn't really work. People will feel sorry for you. I, uh, <coughs> you know, uh, forgive any, uh, I don't want to offend you. At I know all. where you're going with this. You're going to talk about my son. No, I'm not. Mm. No, <laughs> what, I'm, uh, what I was going to say is that, um, that for me, for, from, from where I've seen you perform, I've seen you perform live and I've seen you on video and I've, I've heard about I'm you. Better, I'm better on I video. Take, I take you as a really thoughtful comedian, uh, performer, whether, it's an, whether you're an actor or whether you're a comedian. I don't see you as a clown, uh, but maybe I rationalize that word, something different uh, to yourself. But, but I think that you're really deep and you're really thoughtful and emotional about that. Um, That's interesting. Uh, quite intelligent, actually. I think, I, I think that... You know, I remember my family said, when are you going to get a normal job? You know, a real job. Because your father was in real estate. He was selling uh, houses. And my, bur- my brother was a lawyer. My right. Was a... He had a real job. Yeah. And did, did, did they think that you never worked uh, in yeah. your life? Yeah, the they, they were mad. They were disappointed in my mother. <clears throat> my father, not so much. My father was happy that I found something that I was passionate about. And my mother was worried about the, the image I was playing on the street in the beginning, and she thought that, that was embarrassing for her. Mm. It really hurt me. I wanted her to, to love what I'm doing. And uh, she, she, she couldn't accept it. No, you I, went to school, Peter. You have to follow this. We spent a lot of money on your education. Now you, you're, you're a beggar. You're begging for money. I said, Mom, no, you don't understand. I'm an artist. And I'm putting my hat out there because I deserve to be paid. I'm being rewarded. The people want to give me money. It, did that's you, did the your game. family ever get that? Did they ever they, get they that? They got it when they came to Germany and they, and they saw me performing in, in Circus Roncalli. And the, then my mom cried. Right. And she was really touched. And that happened because uh, Bernard Paul gave me a chance to 
perform. In, Famous clown himself, but different, yeah. completely different to yourself. Yes, completely different. And he had the vision, thank God, that uh, uh, there could be other clowns in his circus which are a contrast or different than he is. No, I think, uh, uh, I, I think not only was he a good performer, but um, he had a good vision for Roncalli. I think it's, uh, it's a great product. It's a great show. Really artistic. And he obviously appreciates people that are super talented, even though that maybe you weren't doing the same as that he did. But to have you in his company, I think, uh, yeah, he realized, because he's, he's a, a very thoughtful clown as well, and obviously realized your talent to bring something that maybe he couldn't. Yeah, he that was okay for him. Style. Yeah. He, yeah. He, was, he had a good eye for what works in his, under his, in his tent. When, um, <clears throat> when I've looked at uh, lots of different things you've done, I wrote down one really, uh, really weird question for you. Oh, bring which, it on. Um, I hope that you will understand because um, I, I said, uh, from the way that I see you perform, I think it's very emotional what you're doing and you're trying to go much deeper than simply uh, pie in the face. You know, much, much more intelligent, much more uh, clever. And I wrote down this thing. I said, Peter, I, I wrote it down. I said, Peter, are you happy to live your life in color or would you prefer to live your life in black and white? Um, that's what I get from watching you. I think it's that, you know, I, I, maybe it's a little Chaplin-esque, you know, if, if Chaplin-esque is a word, but that you are, you are sort of studying the art of, or you're testing the art of, of human... Um, connection. Human connection, and it's not... It's not super colourful. It's not. You're not coming out with the big, uh, the traditional circus red nose and everything. You're very sort of grey, you know, and it's it's uh, it's very intriguing. And I think there there's a huge amount to this man than just simply him coming out and performing. I think there's there's something very deep that brings you onto stage, and it's taken a lot more thought than a circus clown who will. You know, give me one clap, give me one clap, or two, or three, and then... You, you know what I mean? How to, to sort of... Uh, I do to that too. Out. I do that. Yeah, but, but I see that yours is much deeper. Why? Why do you see that? Because the imagination is a wonderful artist, and the imagination of you is painting me in that light. And, and I'm curious... What, why? I can't what? really say. You know, it's one of those things that I just took away from seeing a lot of things that you do. And I just think that he's much deeper. He doesn't need color. He doesn't need an exploding firework or uh, 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 a big circus clown effect. He's deeper. And the tiniest little motion, the tiniest, like you say. That movement. Yeah, movement, this tiniest little subtle, subtle, very subtle, which some people could miss. Because if they're not really, because I, I think when I have to, when I watch you, I have to focus. I have to really come down. You, you make me focus. You've, you've sucked me in. But I feel like I just have to sit and think about what you're doing. Whereas a circus clown in, in uh, you know, with all respect to circus clowns, they're great. And some of the 
funniest, funniest performances I've ever seen. Fantastic. But you're yes. different. Yes. And you bring something deeper where, where a circus clown, I'm not We don't, let's, we don't like need to that. compare. We don't have to say I bring no. something deeper. We can say yeah. I bring something deep. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I certainly don't want to disrespect because uh, you know, we're in a wonderful business and we need we all are. these different types of yes. uh, uh, talents into it because it makes, us, makes it all. That's yes. why, because tomorrow we could be talking about a new creation and how did somebody come up with that? You know, where did that come from? And it just I hope from, that happens soon so I can get more work. Yeah. Is, um, are you, are you, uh, when you're not working, I mean, we've been through the... Uh, Wait, I want to, before we go into that, I, I like this color in black and white. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote idea. it. I've got it written down there. What? I can't see it now. I haven't got my glasses on. But it just brought me into you and it sort of took away... That's interesting. Away the, the, the sort of bright, shiny lights of anything and I, can, I could watch you in black and white and it, I, I, I honestly, honestly, I can't really uh, explain how I feel, but I felt it when I was watching you because I thought he's bringing me into something that it's very subtle. I've got to concentrate on this. It's, uh, there isn't uh, going to be a huge thing. You know, some things that you do are bigger, but you're very subtle and you're much more intelligent. You're playing with people's uh, attention and, uh, and emotion and, uh, I just think you bring me into that. I can't really say, but I, why did I? You tell me. You are, you are, you are a fantastic artist, well, which studies I'll people more, see, more so than, my, than I. What, what? What's the last part? You've studied, you've studied uh, the guest, the audience, yes. more than me, yes. I think. That, that's possible. But when I hear you speak, when I'm listening to you talking about the color and the black and white, that <laughs> I don't want to make a big thing of this. I, I do, because it's interesting. Uh, I think of it in another way. I think of it metaphorically, how, it has, how, how theater and circus has impacted my life. And I could use the black and white in color by saying that uh, my life was, my whole life as a child was um, not fantastic. I was pretty introverted and, and shy. And I did not excel at any sports until I was in my late teens. And then I was on the tennis team at the university. And then I was rowing. But most of my life, it was pretty black and white. And what happened was I discovered theater, or theater and circus discovered me. And then it was a fireworks of color. My, there was a lot of color in my life, especially stepping on, 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 into the Cirque du Dama festival and winning I never won anything in my life and then I went on your first major trophy yeah the, got the silver medal and then some I, years later I, I won the silver clown at Monte, Monte Carlo. Carlo and I it was so colorful there, there were colors fantastic yes the, the two most the, famous uh, well certainly yeah. Monte Carlo is being the number one blue ribbon event and in they the asked circus. me to come back this year but but corona um says wait wait a little bit I'm going to Kenya I go to Circus Kenya next year Really? Yeah. I was supposed to be there this so year. So a 10 month, 10 month tour around? No, the no, I'm only doing a few months. Right. I'm, I share it with um, uh, two other fantastic Swiss clowns. Yeah. Ursus und Nadeshkin. I don't know if you know them. You could look I them know, up on I YouTube. Know often they're, they're really great. So I share yeah. the season with them. 
Do you see any difference between the, the sort of, because I've seen a lot of circuses and a lot of shows in uh, 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 Switzerland, is there any difference in their humour, you think? The difference between what? Between German and uh, Swiss humour. They seem, I mean, I've seen a lot of shows, they seem to be a lot, uh, maybe, I, I see some, some shocking things in Switzerland. Do you? That I think, um, you know, brave, brave things, you know, yeah. there, there can be quite, uh, let's say, sexual connotations, or it can be um, nudity or something like so, that. So outrageous. And the Swiss, yeah, outrageous, and the people are like, oh, but they love it. Yeah. And I just think... Yeah. Uh, we, I couldn't do that here, where I am. I would have too many complaint letters, you know, albeit in the in the name of artistry. But uh, but in Switzerland, it's funny because I have this sort of preconceived thought of the Swiss being uh, quite reserved, and yet it's actually the opposite. The, the everything everything goes in Switzerland. Yeah, I guess maybe in places where you have more repression, there's more a need for this explosion of color. Please don't think I've... I, I didn't mean to offend you at all. It, it's just that I thought... I know you're a thoughtful person. I know so you're... So are you. So are you. I, no, I'm not offended. I love this idea, this metaphor of color and black and white and what it can uh, stand for. So my childhood was this black and white, sort of boring life, and then I discovered theater, and that's when the, I, started, I started to see colors. So, and, um, and the Swiss, the Swiss are, by the way, they're really creative. And they, they have some of the best clowns. Yeah. Uh, they have the clown uh, um, um, uh, Pick. I don't know if you know him. He was in Ron Colley with me for years. He's, he's no. brilliant. And Dimitri. Yeah, I know. Yes, of course. I and and, and Mumenschanz. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. <clears throat> they, yeah. Are, they are wonderful. So when, when you were in Paris then, and then you, you, uh, you're working on the street, you're doing well, how could you actually get, how did you actually get a real job yeah. being engaged into a, either a theatre or a cir circus? Well, I, dur during, the, during the summer times, in order to live in Paris, because it was expensive and my parents didn't give me any financial help, I had to make all the money myself. So during the summertime, I would travel around Europe and play at festivals. I would be invited to festivals and I would earn enough money um, to go to Paris and survive uh, most of the time. But I, I, I also, in addition to this money that I saved in the summertime, I, had, I was lucky to, to have met um, the, produ the production manager for the play Amadeus, at, which was in Paris. And that was directed by Roman Polanski. Polanski. And I auditioned and I got, I got the job. So I worked with Roman Polanski every day for 10 months. And I was, I was 23. And that was a great... And that was your first major job. Yeah, that was my first major job. And then when that was finished, I was working in different cabarets in, in Paris. There's many ca uh, caves. I worked mm -hmm. at the Caveau, Caveau de la Bollet. I, I I went to Mon I went to Crazy Horse and uh, what's his name um, Bernard. Um, yeah, he's not there. He's no, not, he's he not known anymore. But he yeah. said he loved what I'm doing. But he said I don't. The one the one reason I won't take you is you're putting your suitcase on the floor, and that says to me you're a street artist. I could probably find you at the Centre Pompidou, and in this establishment we don't put props on the floor. So come back with a table. 
Did you go back when they tabled? No, I just thought, fuck you. <laughs> but I, I wish I had gone back with the table to work at the at the at the, at the uh, Monte Carlo. No, at the uh, Crazy, Crazy Horse. Horse. Yeah, that would have been wonderful, I'm sure. But I had, other things happened. Ron Colley happened, and Cirque du Soleil invited me. Would, but I would, if I could do it over again, Paris, I would love to work at the Lido, mm -hmm. uh, like you did. Mm -hmm. How many years did you work there? Ten years. Thirteen. Wow. Yeah. I would have liked that. I would, I, I'm doing that in my next life. I started uh, maybe at the end of their good times. At the end of the, the good times? Yeah, it, it became more and more... Uh, I would say when, when I got there, apart from the, the French political di uh, difficulties at the time with the strikes and stuff like that, that the leader was, um, the leader was most probably the most successful uh, cabaret in Paris at that time. And the Moulin, was, Moulin Rouge was suffering. Yeah, uh, Crazy Horse was doing well, but Crazy Horse is a different concept. But they were doing well, and then um, and then the movie came out, uh, The Moulin Rouge, and I, I think it just changed uh, completely upside down. Uh, it puts it put the Moulin Rouge on, all, although it should have been already because it's uh, probably double the age of uh, the the Lido. Yeah, such and a history. It on, behind put, it. It, put it on the map. Yeah. Totally, with yeah. every international person. So the, the movie has such success that every uh, every international guest wanted to come in and see the Moulin Rouge, yeah. uh, thinking they're going to see Nicole uh, Kidman, but they're not disappointed because it's a beautiful theatre, uh, fantastic theatre. Yes. Are there a lot of places that that um, that you regret, like maybe maybe the Lido or the Moulin, or uh, yeah. are there any things? Oh, this place have done that. here where we are, Europa Park. We got to put, yeah. I, I, I can see in the future we're going to put that right. Europa Park would be a, a great place for me to play. Have you been here before? No, it's my first time. It's my first day here. Because of my manager, Dorothy Koss. Yeah. She's always trying to bring me here. But it was, I was always too busy. It was never the right moment to do that. And now I regret that I didn't bring my children here. Right. But that's another story. I mean, I, not only did I not bring them here, I, I didn't bring them to bed enough I was all the too too often on the road but you know someone has to pay the bills yes yeah yeah, yeah. I mean um, uh, as you grow older in years will you regret that being so successful not so much you've I got the house of 15 rooms yeah would you have preferred a house of 10 rooms and maybe more time with the uh, kids at their growing up years yeah I think that's that's the only regret. Because you're a great tennis player, did you play? Did you play tennis with your kids? Yeah, for a little while. We don't anymore. I hurt my 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 knee won't let me run, and they the children are doing their own sports. They do hockey a lot, basketball. Nobody wants to play tennis. I I, I can't believe it. Tennis was such an important part of my young teenage life. It's rubbish when the kids don't follow your passion, right? Yeah, yes. Mm. How can you not do tennis? I, and we live across I the street from a know. tennis club. Come, yeah. come. You know what? Uh, I mean, this is about Peter Shubb. This is not about me. But I remember taking my daughter to her first lesson. And it was on the, the clay court. You know, the, the, the French, like they play in the French Open, the sand. The, yeah. And um, the coach said, um, oh, we're just going to clean the court. First lesson was cleaning the court because you have to pull out this big uh, mat to yeah. clean the court, yeah, yeah. well, you know this, and um, 
And my daughter, all she wanted to do was pick the racket up and swing it. That's all she wanted to do. But the teacher said, let's learn, let's teach them discipline first. So the last 20 minutes, they picked the racket up and hit the ball a little bit. But my daughter was totally uh, demotivated. And I went up to the coach and I said, you've changed her completely because you, the, the coach, the teacher, is so important. That has to, uh, if you don't encourage and uh, just just build the build the first of all they should be having fun at five years old it should be it should be just simply fun and if the balls go all over the place and if the court's a bit dirty yes. so what let them love it first what you just said is very important they have to have fun if they want to learn to play tennis but that's the ingredient that's that's the secret to learning everything for children right in fact children of all ages even children our age mm-hmm. you have to have fun to learn something exactly it's not work it's not work when we're having fun, right? Yes. That's, that's, that's what we're selling here. That's what we're... Exp- we come to this world and, and have fun with us. Have fun with... Find the fun of being alive. Yeah, I mean, uh, we at Europa Park definitely want the people to... to have a, a break away from the pressures of life. Come into our world of... Uh, yeah. Not fantasy, we're real world, but... and. Um, and give them a great, great day, shared experience. We, we encourage, we want the families to be uh, spending time together the, and, and making memories. Yeah. I think, that, I, think yeah. I do like to believe that people walk out of here with memories that they will retain for many, many years. About maybe the father just taking hold of the daughter for a roller coaster or something like that. Or, or the, a, a, a water balloon fight. I, we saw that today. We saw that today. We saw families having so much fun together. Yeah. And no, it's it's uh, great. I love walking around here and seeing the, the joy in people's faces. Yeah. yeah I, I'm used to seeing that in circuses or in the theaters. I haven't been to something like this in a long time. It's, so when you, it's uh, very nice. You're lucky so, you, you work in a place like this. And, well, it's, and it's, you said it's, to me an hour before the, the, the interview that your boss, My, Michael... Michael. is always, even though it runs so well, he's, he's a visionary. He's always thinking of, of, of the future. And Absolutely. I, when I heard you say it, I thought, am I, am I a visionary? You'd like that about him. And I was asking myself, do I, do I have that quality as, as well? I think it's important as an artist to have that. Because if you always stay the same, uh, it's, people are going... To, to notice that, and you, they, you, you get more credit if you, are, if you are developing. Which is funny for me to say that, because I've done pretty much the same act for so many years. But it grows. It's never really the same. Some things I'm, I'm still doing that I did uh, when I was born, and, and things that I'm getting tired of, I throw out. Do you, do, uh, do you perform... Do you perform... Uh totally what you want to do or do you know this is successful this works with the audience I'm not really loving doing it anymore but it works so I have to do it it's a compromise you know there are some things that I, I, I love doing and I think this is going to work and it doesn't work at all mm. and so do you I, stay with I, it I rework it right. until it works or I rework it until I realize for, for some reason, it's, it's not going to uh, find a level that it's not going to work. People are not going to like it, so I have to throw it out. Right. 
You know, one, one of the things I say about uh, that I think that you're a deeper, more thoughtful person, because I think in the artistic, the acrobatic, the sportive uh, uh, world, that some of the best teachers in the world are, were at tennis or something. They weren't necessarily very good themselves, not, not international level or world level or something like that. And there are, there are special people. And, and I think you're one of those special people in the Thanks, clowning or uh, controlling other people's emotions because you're touching the people and you're, like we've said, engaging uh, and, and you're, you're, you're doing your own master class and, and you're yes. teaching. Yeah, I'm teaching and people to do that. So that proves, proves me right. Well, I'm just trying to have a lot of fun in my life and a lot of different experiences similar to you. I don't know you very long, but I feel like we could be really good friends. Yeah, we're, I do believe so. We, we're, th we're on the same uh, frequency. Yeah. And so teaching is, has become very important to me because it's so much fun. Yeah. It's, when I'm teaching someone uh, and, and they're discovering something about themselves, again, it's like going from black and white to colors. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes me, it impacts me, it empowers me to, to, uh, in, a, in, a, in a such a positive sense to, to be able to, to help others to, I'm helping others to have more fun being who they are on stage. Are you opening themselves up or are you teaching them how to detect? Well, I'm opening up some things and closing other things. Because I, I, I'm, it's hard to change a habit of a lifetime. So if mm -hmm. people are doing things for a real long time, they form. We all form uh, shadow habits, things that we don't see, but other people see. So right. I, my specialty is to see these things that I think, and it's just my opinion, but you have to trust me. I think some of these habits are unnecessary. And it's hard to get rid of them, but so we work on them, or we work on we look at what's beautiful about you, or we look at when you're on stage, when when you're having a sense of freedom. That's when you're most beautiful. When you're free and you're not worried and you let go of the subconsciousness. Are you when you then, teach, then you're beautiful, and that's when, what and that's what we want to bring out. We want to bring this out uh, um, to when, share it with an audience. When you teach, yeah, and and you're really working one on one with somebody. Yeah. Is your concentration on them, or is it on how you feel? Yeah, it's on all these things. I mean, you can isolate them, yeah. or, or, and, or, but you need to work with the whole spectrum of what's happening. When I'm watching you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand um, who you are mm -hmm. and, and what you want to express. And, and trying to feel what's going on in me and... and and the worst thing I could do is to put my brand on you. Absolutely. Yeah? Because yeah. I w it wouldn't be me. And I couldn't carry it off. Yeah. Yeah, so, so... So the people you're working with don't necessarily have your style. No. But they often come to me because they like my style. Right. And they think, oh, I want to be like him. Right. Until they realize, um, and, or I help them to realize that it's, it doesn't work that way. You have to discover what is beautiful about you and, or what's funny about you and, and what's, what's joyful and, and silly and ridiculous 
and sell that. And if, if, if I'm guessing right, you learned by that as well. Well, I, I learned that from experience, but I, I also learned from a, a master of theatre, and, and I, I, I want to say his name now because it's really it was an I think important you can, influence. I think you can call yourself a master of theatre, right? Yeah, but the masters need masters too, and, and yeah. my master, one of my masters was uh, Philippe Gollier. Philippe Gollier, and he is a master of of the ridiculous and of the subtle and of the um, eccentric. Uh, he's a master of finding what works for you. He's a master of showing you you and helping you to celebrate that. When, you, when, you're, when you're on stage and you're yeah. performing, yeah. Um, do you ever... Uh, how, what are you like? When you're on, when you're on stage, are you, yeah. do you come into Peter Shubb, the performer, yeah. and, you're, and there's no distraction outside of that? Uh, tunnel vision, or are you? Do you have the main? Uh, do you have the wherewithal? You, you, as an English speaker, you'll understand what I mean. The wherewithal to be able to say, Gollier would have loved that. You know? Do you know what I mean? That do you? Can you think about something like that? Or when you're on stage, you are performing and you're in your zone and you don't necessarily come out of it. Yeah, I'm in my zone, and and maybe my teachers are there too. But on an unconscious level yeah. at this point, it's, uh, you, learn, you learn it for many years and then this technique of, of acting and then you, you throw it away. You don't think about it anymore, but it's, it's in here. It's, do you, uh, it's in me. So do you study stage, yourself a lot, your performance? I, I study the moment. I study that a lot. I study, I, I go into the performance, I have basic ideas. I know that I'm going to do the invisible dog and I'm going to to do this, like in a, in a Spielplatz, in, mm-hmm. a, in a playground. I have different stations I'm going to go to. So I'll do first, I'll be here. and You don't alter from it. And I, and spontaneously. I could. I, could, I, could, I, I do. I'm spontaneous. Yeah. But I have fixed places that I go to. But between this fixed place and this fixed place, there's this empty space, and there I can improvise. And, and so I, I have to be really in the zone with, with the audience, with every audience. Do you, do you, before you go out yeah. to perform, you're on stage, yeah. are you looking at the audience? Do you, are you trying to, do you look at the audience trying to get a feeling of... Yeah, I'm walking through the audience. They don't recognize yeah, me. Right. And I try to feel, what is the energy here? And what's the energy? What's, what's, um, what do they want from me? It makes me so nervous, this fucking job. No, it makes me nervous. But, but I, I totally relate because, you know, an acrobat will come out and say, well, I'm just going to go bomb across the stage. I'm going to do my double back flip, nail it perfectly. The people will start applauding. But you just walk out there. The people will not, well, maybe now because you have 40 years of, uh, of uh, experience behind you and, and that you're well known. But, but this is what I go back to how we started this, that you come out to a cold audience that yes, you've had maybe a, an acrobat or 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 somebody in front of you, but you come out and they're going to like, well, what's this? What's this dude going to do? Yes. How's he going to get me? I mean, does that that must make you a little? I mean, I don't want to put something in your mind. Say it. But is that, is that does that make you a little nervous? Like again, I've got to go out, start from zero. Yes. Every time it makes me so nervous. It makes me so nervous. But I think that's why we do it. 
Yeah. I think that's why, as a comedian, we do that. It's like coming here and going on the on the on the on the um, big roller coaster. Roller coaster. Yep. Why the hell would you do that? We do that to to have fun with our with our fear. Yeah. We go there to face our fear. Yeah. We go there, we're not sure, we pay the money, we get on, and we go click, 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 we start looking, click, click, getting click, higher, and, getting and higher. thinking, why am I doing this, and getting uh -huh. higher, and then you go over the top, oh my God, whoa, and it's so much fun, and what do we do, we get off and go on again, That's right. so before the, before the show, I get really nervous, yeah. and I like this kind of nervousness. You like it, it's not to the point where I'm not ready, I can't go out there right now, that doesn't happen. Yeah, sometimes, because my crazy manager... Um, she mm. pushes me in, in Cologne in a theater uh, uh, with the, the Huna. Uh, the Huna is a, a group, a rock and roll group from Cologne area. And I had to play there for 15,000 people. And I said, don't, don't do this to me, Dorothy. And she said, you'll, you'll do okay. I said, I, it's, I'm going to dig my grave. I'm going to die here. And, I, and I, I killed. I did really well. So I, I can play any 15, space. 15,000 people, they're, what, uh, they're 100 meters from you. More. They're, they're so far away. I mean, when I'm doing movements like this or, or like this, they need binoculars to see, but they have big screens. Right. So that saved me. But I love to play in all these different spaces. Or I went to circus, um, what's her circus? Uh, <laughs> Flick Flack. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thought I've I would. I've seen you in Flick Flack. Really? Mm -hmm. in, uh, I saw you too. I think you were doing this all the time. <laughs> Sometimes you're doing that. No, actually, I watched you. Uh, I can't remember, but well, we had a, a massive a great heat show. wave, a heat wave. You were in the Flick Flack Extreme, mm -hmm. and you were in, I can't remember the city, not too far from here. You are right in the middle of the city, Yeah. and uh, it was about 1,000 <coughs> degrees inside the tent. More. Yeah, and black, the big uh, black uh, extreme tent they had, the really long one. At, right, um, right. with all the motorcycles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, crazy and, uh, show. The guys coming down, the aerial straps into the water on fire yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, I saw Flick, you. Flack's that was crazy. a weird. That was a weird tent actually, because I, uh, the, the the Tribune was like two hundred meters long yeah. or something. And you you remember performing. all the details? That's great. Well, I remember what I took from it, and I, I just thought, uh, uh, yeah, this is a weird thing uh, because because it was built for the extreme. Yeah. Because of all the, the, the major... And it's so unfamiliar, right? You go into a tent and you yep. see this, and they, the, the genius is there, uh, these guys who put the, the show together. They, they were playing with space. They were playing... They yep. changed the architecture. And the architecture has an effect on how we feel, even yep. before an artist steps on the stage. Oh, it's totally... I mean, uh, Flick Flack, I love Flick Flack for what they present. Well, I was afraid of Flick Flack. I said, I'm not doing this. And my manager said, you're doing it. You have to have this experience. Even if you flop, even if you're into shit, even if you die, you'll learn something from this. And you'll take yeah. that. Ex I said, Dorothy, I don't want to die. I, I'm having too much success. I don't need it. She said, you do. It'll humble you. It'll bring you back to your roots. So I agreed, and I, tr I did it. And the first night, I, I got a standing ovation. So... But, I can um, play all spaces. I can play even in an elevator. If, if I'm stuck in an elevator for, uh, for a few minutes and there's a little kid there, I'll do some, you know, some tricks. Yeah. I, I, love to, I just love this connection. I don't have to say anything. It's just using the body or make, having, finding the fun with your body to connect with people. It's a so beautiful you, experience. That's where it comes from, though. It's not a, it, is it, it comes a, from it, wanting to connect. It comes from... Well, 
<clears throat> it comes from needing, but don't tell anybody this. This is the secret between you and me. <clears throat> no, it won't it go comes from further. wanting love. You, it's wanting yeah. to be accepted and, and, and really to be accepted by everybody more than to be accepted, to be loved. You know, maybe I didn't get enough love when I was a kid. But when you've got a standing ovation, you've got 15,000 people going yeah. crazy for you, you can't go home to sleep, right? Because well, I've been in therapy be for years. I've been in therapy for years, and my therapist said, Peter, you have to learn. You have to learn that they, they really, they're loving you in that moment. Because yeah. she said that my, one, my problem is I can't take the love. I can't believe that I deserve this. But, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I have trouble with it. But w when people are giving me so much applause, it, it, it is an adrenaline rush. And it's, it's beautiful and it's sad because when 3,000 people are, are, are giving you so much love and then the show's over, they go home. And they go home to their family. And often where I receive this applause, I'm, I'm not home. I'm, I'm on the road somewhere. And it's, uh, for me, it's, it's uh, existential loneliness. But um, do you take pleasure from the pleasure that you are giving other people? Because you're giving them a lasting. Because they're yeah. going home. When, on, the way, on the way home, they're still thinking. And they're, they're all sitting in the car, you know. And because what about when that guy did that, you know, loved that, you know. And, and loved that performer. Okay, loved the motorbike flying over my head or something like that. But, yeah. you know, getting a motorbike flying over your head is a wow factor. <laughs> but you getting a standing ovation yeah. from... Just you standing on uh, stage, no, no, firework, yeah, no color, yeah. Just, uh, I mean, you've created something amazing. Yeah, that's a that's a great rush. That's which a... which you can't go home and just come. It must take you longer to come down from that because you achieved your whole. Yeah, it's hard to come down. Years. It's like an astronaut, right? But forty years, forty years of. Um, experience has given you the possibility to to make make people feel something yeah that's great it's a process didn't happen right away i started out with with um, you know penn and teller they're of magicians. yeah so we i they they were one of the reasons i started to do this because i we were living in the same city in philadelphia Mm -hmm. And they were performing on the weekends. And I saw them the first time, and I was mesmerized. I was completely blown away. And I went over were to them. Were they famous at this point? No, they were famous only in Philly, right. in, in that area, because of their street shows. And they were, they were just um, playing local theaters. They, they, there was no TV. There was no sold-out opera houses yet. That was coming some years later. And they gave me my first lesson. The... Um, Teller taught me uh, some magic tricks, and he told me which books to, to, to study in the library. So I learned some magic tricks, and a week later I was on the street performing. And um, I was performing, warming up the audiences for them. And I remember one weekend they went away. They, were, they went to San Francisco, and a very stupid decision I made was I, 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 had, I did a magic trick with three rings, and I stole it from Teller. And I did the trick like he does. And when they came back, the following weekend, they, they had a talk with me, went for a coffee, and they said, listen, what you're doing is wrong. This, you can't take this idea. This is our idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we didn't love you, we would break your legs. Right. So did I learn? No. I still stole stuff. I stole stuff and I changed it. 
I, yeah, I, thought, I, I wrote it down and I cancelled it. I, I, I wanted to say, um, when you see something, hmm. and, and because you're a creator, I, and so you must see I'm things a think, to a, a point. I can change that. I can, I can make that <clears throat> yeah. my own. Yeah. People wouldn't even recognize that I took it because I think creators somehow, they can see a picture and see something else out of it. That they just it, something, you know, these, these whole um, brainstorming, you know, somebody says something which is totally relevant to, to go somewhere completely different. So when you see things, you must see things and just go, I can do something like that, but I can make it my yeah, own. Yeah, or I go, they wouldn't I go why it. the hell didn't I think of that? That's right, yeah. brilliant. That's bright. wanted, but I, uh, I, I took one idea once from someone and I wrote to him a letter and I said, I love what you're doing. Can I do that? And he said, no, fuck off. It's my idea. Right. So, okay. I did it anyway. Right. And I changed it so much that two years later when we met, he, he, he shook my hand and said, you know, I don't like that you took it, but you took it and changed it. Now, this is funny. You evolved it. This, no, i got to say something funny. What's funny, um, I find this funny, I have to laugh at myself. I have to laugh at myself because I, I get mad when I see younger artists taking ideas of mine that I took from someone else. And then I complain to the artists, hey, that's, you, know, you can't do that. Right. But the back of my head, I'm thinking, why can't he? It, you didn't, it's not your idea. Mm-hmm. So, and... Uh, in the past couple of years, I've had experiences where I've, I've been in contact with people who are taking ideas from me and talking to them about it and saying, why are you doing this? And they say, because I th- you're, Peter, you're an I- my idol and I, I want to be like you. And I tell them that you can't be like me, be like you and change the idea. Change, if you take something, uh, you, you change it. it one and, by they, one. and they change, some of them change it so, so fantastic that they're doing what I do, but better than me. They probably is that shouldn't a say that. Or does please, it piss please. you off? It, it, it pisses me off, and, it's, and I admire them for that. That's art. You know, if you can, art is like that. It's, that, it's business. It's, that's why they call Why that. do you think they call it show business? We are, we are so lucky to be in that business because we're we going to be with some, some 20 year old kid or a 30 year old person, and they just do something where you go, where did that come from? And it's just amazing. Love that about that. I, I can't believe how many people I'm influencing. I got today, I could show you on my, on my cell phone, but no. Uh, I got a, a letter from an art, uh, a clown from, from Circus O. It was one of Soleil's shows. Yeah, yeah. It was and the he, big uh, water show. I didn't see it, but he wrote to me and he said, he said, I just want to tell you that you are the reason I became a clown. I've heard that sometimes. That it, it, it never stops to touch me. It's it's so beautiful to hear that. Yeah. I am the reason he saw me in Roncalli, and I, 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 I touched him so deeply that I, I'm I'm the reason. I'm the impulse what? for his career in theater. So when That's I say you're beautiful. a legend, you're a legend because if you have that effect on people, that they am I really they follow a legend? Into well, I mean, I've done some. I've just done some nice things yeah, for some people. some people. But you've touched some people where it influences them to make a life out of it. Yeah, I, from I like being that. inspired by you. It, it's it's lovely to inspire people. That's why I started. I started to study sociology, 
I wanted to change the world, make it a better place. And I, I love to study human behavior, why people do the things that they You're do. You're doing your part. And now I'm doing, I'm not changing the world, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm, I'm changing a few people here and there. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Hey, talking about a few people, um, if you look at our uh, going bananas, if you look at our screen here, I also want to say that people should see me in Palazzo. That's another, it's a smaller circus. It's a dinner show. And I have to stop for two seconds. Go. Sorry. We're going to get to... Uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was on. I don't How know whether it's timed out. You heard you're a circus? I don't know whether it's timed out. It was F5, yeah. Yeah. You did? Sorry, I want... I should have pressed... I'll, I'll start again. From yeah. There. We're going to... Uh, We'll pick up back on Roncalli. What were we, what were they saying then? We're, well, because that you'd worked with Roncalli, and I'll 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 pick up from that, and then I'm going to go to the pictures. Um, wait, I don't remember what I was saying. Does About it matter? The dinner show. Oh, Palazzo. Palazzo. Which Palazzo were you in? So I I did um, the Palazzo that was in Amsterdam and in Berlin and Hamburg, and I, I did the I did the good one. I, I met you at uh, Palazzo in uh, Amsterdam last year. Yes. So yeah. it, this Palazzo is beautiful. And now they're taking a pause because they are because of the corona. Yeah. And they're building building up they're um, renovating all the Spiegelzelts. Are they? Yeah. And and we're going to start again next year. It's uh, I mean the beauty the beauty of that concept the Palazzo Spiegelzelts are the reason why they can't do it, right? Because it's so intimate. It's fantastic. Everyone's got a great, uh, a great connection. Yes. For you, you must love it because yes. you've got everybody around you. Well, we say in the world of comedy, comedy needs company, and there yeah. you have it. Yeah. No, I wish I would. Uh, totally understandable that they can't take a risk this year on that because obviously they don't want to share this pandemic with everybody. Magic. That was magic. Talking about magic, I've got some old pictures. Oh, yeah, that was uh, a couple of months ago. That was just a couple of months ago? Looks like it. uh, You colored your hair. I did. (laughs) Where is that? This this was my first season. This this was in Dusseldorf. Mm -hmm. And that's the first city I lived in in Germany. That's Dusseldorf. That's backstage uh, moments before I'm going. Do you remember sitting there? I do. I remember that moment. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Yes. I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. Some months before that, I was uh, performing with uh, Roman Polanski and Amadeus, and that that was in the, that was the best sold-out show that Paris had in with with in five years, five-year period. And I was in that show. But I, I was not the star of the show. I was just, uh, I was, there was 12 people in that show. And I was one of the, I had a non-speaking part in Amadeus with Roman Polanski. I was a servant to Ro- Roman Polanski. So here I'm sitting and, and thinking, marveling at the fact that I'm in this wonderful circus. I think... We are. I, that was Polanski. That sorry, I. Yeah. Nice segue into that picture, but um, this is the Polanski Amadeus, right? Yeah. Um, and I was playing. I had. Um, you see behind him there are the 
on his right, our right, his his left side. Yeah. Uh, I was wearing a, a baroque a wig like that, and my job, my job was to to be the servant to uh, Polanski, who was playing Mozart. And Mozart in the play he dies, mm-hmm. he dies a, a, a poor drunk. He dies on a table, on a kitchen table. And my job is to tilt the table up, and he slides off the table. The door opens, and he falls. And one night I put it on the wrong spot, and when he fell, he hit the, his lower back, and he had to go to the hospital. He hated me. Well, I mean, uh, it was an accident. I'm going to go back, go back to the top because I've got a couple of... Uh, and this is a similar, uh, similar time now. Yeah, that's right, that's right. That's back, that's uh, before the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, we were always in the finale carrying balloons. And then, I don't know why, but many other circuses picked up that idea. And they, I think a lot of circuses got ideas from, yeah, and from I think Roncalli. Uh, uh, you know that? And, and the other artist in the back, that was my best friend in the circus. Um, uh, he was... Um, an acrobat, yeah. But he w- he would be he would be um, juggling um, on a unicycle, and then he would throw coffee coffee uh, plates on his head, and then coffee head. cups, and it was amazing. A bit like I, the Chinese do. Yes, uh, uh, the Chinese like stole it from thirty him. girls. Thirty girls it, doing it. Yes, but um, it was more dramatic to see him do it. He yeah. would sweat. His name is Angelo Ballon. Yeah, and it's amazing, and I love that this moment is frozen. Because it I always reminds me of, of the time, my first season in Roncalli, and... Um, but uh, yeah. Roncalli's been great for you now, 20 years. Yeah, I played there for six years. Six years. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. Full, uh, for the full uh, German tour. For the ger- full uh, German in, in tour. Austria, no, and I, mean. I never did an, another circus. I never did a, a season of another circus. That was, uh, was hard, hard to get better than Roncalli. Or I'm going to do Kani. That's on the same level. Cirque du Soleil asked me several times. Yeah. And I was uh, you would have pretty close, but it didn't work out for one reason or another. One year my, was because my, my son died. My son was killed in an accident. And a few months after that, they asked me, would you like to join the circus, uh, join the show? We'll, we'll build a show around you. And I said, um, no, I'm not ready because I, you know, my son died. And I'm... Luca. Yeah, Luca died, and I'm, I'm, uh, I need more time to grieve and to mm. go. And they said, yeah, that's why we're offering it to you. We thought maybe, you know, if you come into the show, you can forget about it for a while. And I said, no, I don't want to forget about it. I want to keep it in me. And no, I saw your, intense uh, period. the very emotional video where you were talking about it. Oh, yeah, it's on, and, someone uh, made it. Someone put it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, I, uh, uh, and um, I, it's, very, it's very touching. And uh, to be honest, I uh, uh, thank the Lord that uh, I haven't had to experience that. But uh, it's every every parent's imagine. worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry if 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 it's hard for you to talk about because I can't imagine, especially <coughs> especially for the job, mm. you have to share uh, love and joy to people, and going uh, going through something like that, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, I think it's more, it's more difficult for other people to talk about than for me. Because it puts us, I think it puts us all in touch with, with discomfort. 
it puts us in touch. It puts us in touch with our own pain, and and we don't want to go there. But it is part of my life. I yeah. I have, I had to go through this unfortunate experience, and to survive mentally, I have, I've had to, to integrate it, in my in my life, and I've done so, and. I'm I'm running workshops now for other parents who've lost children. Yeah. And the workshop is called The Show Must Go On. I, I honestly uh I mean that's great that it's great that you 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 help people uh yeah. from your experience. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh I can't imagine uh having having to go through that and uh, like I said, in, in, your, in your profession, that when you step on stage, whatever's happening behind the stage, uh, I, I, I want to say they don't care. You know, the guests, the guest, they don't know. They don't know what's going on in your personal life. And um, I don't want to say they don't care. They just don't know. And uh, I, I always tell a dancer or an ice skater, you know, if... Uh, if your dog just died or something like that, the people don't know. And, you know, please share. Uh, you have to look great and happy on stage. I, I say the same in other words. I say you have to sh- sell your pleasure and hide your pain. If your dog died this morning, <clears throat> that's, that's, uh, that's a tragedy. And I'm sure it, it, it affects the artist. Mm-hmm. But you can't come on stage and say... You know what? My dog died because no one gives a shit. And they shouldn't in that moment. They will care after and before. But when you're on stage as a clown, the clown has to to save the show. The clown has to save the world. There's a pandemic. That's okay. That's okay. There's a pandemic. The clowns, we're here to save the world. We'll get through this. Because the clown represents hope. So if my son died, it's, it's so terrible. You have no idea. No, I don't. No, I, I try. Because, I try to feel the emotion. Yeah. But honestly, uh, as much as I would, uh, you can't because you can't. You're, because we're wired to survive, and to survive, we have to cut off the pain after a while. You know, you can imagine it. You can have. You can be very empathetic with me. You can exercise. Well, I mean, when you hear my story. You, you, it, it invites you to be empathetic with me, mm. with me, but you can only do that, I think, for a while, and then your mind cuts it off. But I have to live with that. Is it? Uh, well, I can't say. Um, it must be constantly with you. Yeah. What well, comes in waves? Like I feel it now. It's affecting me emotionally. It doesn't always. I'm sorry to. Uh, I'm sorry to bring that to you, but like. But why? You, why like, would you be sorry? You know, it, you're doing. Well, me- because I'm sad for. I'm sad for you. Uh, I'm sad for the the situation that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I've but read. But you know what you're doing what right now? You're doing me a favor because you, you're putting me in touch with my emotions, and there's nothing wrong with that. And sadness is okay if it's not the only emotion. And, yeah. and thank God, emotions are are not too sticky. They don't stay too long. So I feel sad in the moment, but what at the same time, 
you're making me remember my son, and, mm -hmm. and, he, he, and he's not here, but in a way he still is here for me. He lives in my heart, he lives in my memory. So when you talk about Luca, when I hear this word come out of your mouth, it, it, um, it impacts me. It, it, it uh, triggers something beautiful. So I might look sad, but that's, that's great. I'm feeling my emotion. Yeah. And, that, and thank you for, for that. Most people are too afraid to ask me about my son. Wow. So you know what I did? When my son died, one week later I did a show. And everyone said, are you crazy? You know, I had a show. He died on a Monday. And on Saturday I, was, I had a show. And everyone said, don't do it. Come on. Don't. Everyone will understand. You can cancel the show. Yeah. And I said, no. I want to I feel what it's like now. I want to see what is this experience to be able to, to, to do a performance of, 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 comedy, of, of clowning. And it was... It was it was an unbelievable, interesting experience. You because weren't happy. What? You weren't happy. I, um, no, no one ever, that's a good question. No one ever asked me that. I've I told this story before, but no one ever said, but you weren't happy. It was a mixture. It was unhappy. Un, he died unhappy, like, the, the, at the bottom. The worst. The, the, I, I, I've never been at the bottom of the pit of, of pain like, like that. And I was at the bottom of the pit until the performance and then that was, that was part of my history. And the did suffering... You, did you feel the, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. The, suf Sorry. the suffering came up until I stepped on stage and I said, Suff listen, suffering, fuck you. I'll be back. The suffering will be in the future. But right now, for the clowning to work, I need to connect to this audience. And it was cathartic. It was like therapeutic. It was, I had to connect just to be with this audience. Did you, did you, did you, were you, I, I don't want to say under such a, a, a terrible, devastating situation, did you, did you challenge yourself to succeed? I to challenged myself to, not to succeed, I challenged myself to just be, and, and, and to be with these people and to be with whatever I'm feeling. And I didn't know if I would start crying in that show or not, but, but I played with the energy in the room, and everybody in that room knew that my son died because they're all from Hanover. It was a show in Hanover, and it was on the front pages, so you, everyone knew. So there was already a feeling of, of, of uncomfortable. <laughs> everybody was uncomfortable. They came. I don't know why they came, right. but they knew... We're going to see a show of a clown who, whose son died a few days ago. So I thought, this, this is the show of my life mm -hmm. for me and for them. Because they're always going to probably remember, we went to see a clown show after this guy's son died some days. He didn't cancel. Why didn't he cancel? Because I wanted to have... Because the clown represents hope. The clown says, we die. We all die. We all share that in common. So let's celebrate the moment that we have now together. This is about now. But you had no opportunity to explain that to the audience. You, you performed your... Well, it was in my mind, and the mistake I made was I tried to explain it to them at the very end of the show. Yeah. You know what I said? They're leaving. They gave me a... They stood up. They stood up. I think they stood up not only because I gave a good show, because they felt sorry for me. Yeah. And I'm, so the mistake I, I did was I'm waving goodbye... 
And I didn't want to leave. I just waved. The lights came up and I kept waving. And as I explained earlier, the clown was always looking for the game in the moment. So this was a game, breaking the rules of saying goodbye, because normally you say thank you, bye, and you leave. And here I'm standing there. And they're leaving, but they're not sure. Suddenly the audience was unsure about what their role is. Should right. they leave? I yeah. mean, yeah. the lights are up, so the show's over. We should leave. But he stays there. And then I took the microphone, and this was the mistake. I said, thank you. Thank you for being here with me. You know, when I, when I wave, I'm saying goodbye to all of you, but I'm also saying goodbye to my son, whose energy, whose spirit is still alive in all of you, because we're all interconnected. And someone from the audience said, Peter, stop, don't say this. We love you. You're, you're from Hanover. We're, you're the clown of <laughs> our city, but don't put us in touch with our pain. We know what happened, but it's not fair. You invite us to a clown show, yeah. then don't sell, your, don't sell your tragedy. We know what happened. And I thought, that's, that, some people said, boo, uh, but I understood him. And I thought, he's right. When you do a clown show, or when you do an ice skating show. Responsible uh, yeah. uh, response like that. Yeah, it was honest. Yeah. I mean, it was honest. Someone tell, it was, I love that. We don't deserve that. What? We don't deserve that, the, the emotion, the, the, the heavy yeah, trauma. It was, maybe it's too much for him. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. trauma. Yeah. Uh, if you go to a clown show, you want to laugh. I don't want to cry because of somebody's uh, tra personal even tragedy. Even though they were all already trauma tra traumatized, traumatized for you. Yes, but so what I did was I wanted to incorporate the death of my son in my show without underlining it to the audience. Yeah. So now every time you come to see me in the solo show, after two hours, the show's over. As you're leaving, I stand on the stage and I wait until everybody has left. And they love this. They laugh. They laugh because they don't know the truth behind this game. Right. If they would know his, my son died, they wouldn't laugh. Because when you, you cannot laugh at the comedian when you feel sorry for him. That's really important. No. When you feel sorry for a guy on stage, it, you, it's hard to laugh. But when you don't know the game, you don't know the reason, the logic behind the game, it's, it, it's, uh, it's lighter. And, and yet, people still come to me after the show and they say, I loved your show, I love the ending. I don't know why, but my, hand st my hair stands up when you're waving. And, and it's, it's not that they feel that my son's not here, but it's, it's the saying goodbye. Saying goodbye is very, it, it's full of humanity. Because we all know this, saying goodbye. And sometimes we say goodbye, I'll see you tomorrow. Sometimes we say goodbye, and we'll never see that person again. And, and I, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my son. He just died in one second. We were in a cafe, in a restaurant, and, and he, he got up from the table and was going over to look at a sculpture. And, you know, like a good father, you scan the room, you make sure everything's okay, and I thought it's okay. I didn't know in this restaurant that there was an, uh, a sculpture in the corner that an artist had put there some weeks before to, to show off his art, and, and it was top-heavy. It was a piece of wood with a very heavy stone on the top, and my son looked back to me um, like, look, look, Papa, look, look, this is so cool, look what I have. And I saw him pull it down on him, and I saw it um, kill him, which is... Um, which is uh, um, I don't even want to name it, you know, no. it's just that of, experience. I, I don't know whether it's an out-of-body experience. I don't know whether it's an out... 
<laughs> whether I, I wouldn't want to lighten it by saying, but it is uh, so traumatic. I can't. Uh, I I can't relate. Yeah. Uh, that that. Yeah, you can relate a, a bit because we have this empathy in us, yeah. and you're a, you have more empathy, I feel, than many people, and you you can you could feel you imagine you could feel as much as you should. Just that you let me tell the story, just that you listen to me, is is good for me, and it's good for you to see me living the nightmare that you would have because you think as a parent if my kid this happened, I can never go on. I'm a good example for parents who've had this terrible experience. I'm a good example. I'm the example that life, life, you know, three words, life goes on. Well, it, it, so that's, that's that part. That's, that's part. Uh, it well, must affect you. me somehow. It must impact my work, you know. Of course, I think that we yeah. are all a creation of our, uh, of our baggage. Yeah. You know, of yeah. course, your experience. Yeah. But what you've learned by going into a supermarket and saying, hey, people say put your mask on or something like this, or, and they get aggressive, or you're at the bank or something like this. I think we're all, it, uh, we're all made up of all these little uh, things. I, what I always, well, I wait, remember. Wait, wait. Well, what is this? What, what, what's the example of the bank and the mask? No, if, if, uh, but, 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 but every experience that we have, whether you go into a place and somebody shouts at you because you're not wearing the... the so somebody shouted ah, at me today, yeah. you haven't got your mask on, and yeah. of course. But I'm just saying all these experiences. And what, what I have always thought with my children is that um, I can never control what they will retain in their lives. I always remember from, from a child, I can't even remember, I must be three or four years old, I remember washing my hands. Uh, at the sink, um, and uh, I remember as clear as today, my father was washing my hands, and his hands were big hands around my little tiny little three or four year old hands. I remember that very clearly, and I'm as a parent, I've got my uh, my children, and when we go on vacation or do something like this, I am very aware that whatever I do, as they have no control, I have no control out of whatever we do. What will they retain as a lifelong memory? You have lifelong memories with your family. And they have no control. They've probably given you, or my family gave me the best, the best vacations they could, or the best experiences that they could, whether our finances or something like that. All of it's out the window, because I might remember, which I do remember, playing cricket in the back garden with my father and the old petrol can, which was the wicket. That... He didn't make that as a lifelong, but I have, I have that memory very clearly yeah, he, in my he, mind. He never, it was never that he played that moment with you and said, remember this remember game, this. you're going to remember this 40 years from now. No, We don't know, can't. but we are the result of our experiences. Yeah, and, and you can draw the good and the bad when you least expect it, when it can just come back to you, yeah. not, not through a premonition or, or, or through a dream or something. Yeah. It's like, huh been there before or something like that. Yeah, like, I, feel, I feel that now in the corona times. I feel like, oh my God, people are grieving. We're grieving the, the life we used to have. It's like yeah. the, the life we had before, it died. And I'm feeling, this is familiar. I'm, this is familiar. This is like losing a child. So yeah. I, I feel a little bit more prepared to, to go through this because I've, 
I've, you've experienced so much already. Yeah, I feel like I, when you after you experience the loss of a child, nothing touches you, and or it's lighter. It's like I've been I, I, I have won that war, so now I, I it's easier to go into battle against this this war this, against the corona. And I think we all have to do that. We all have to say this corona. It's a silent enemy. It is a war against the silent enemy. We can't let it win, and so. It's a certain attitude. Human nature won't let it win. Because we are, we are all survivors in our own way, no? There's not too many people giving up, I can't take this anymore. We'll find our, we'll find our way, how it will be. But I it'll be a so. different, it'll be different. It's like human nature against nature. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think we also have to remind yeah. ourselves that we are tourists. We are visitors on this earth. The earth does not need us. We need the earth. We're a blink. We're we're, a blink. we're, we're, we're tourists here. Another, uh, this, this is the same era now? Yes. The, that was the second year. And he was a wonderful, he's an, a wonderful person. His name is Pick. He's a Swiss clown. He, oh, this is the, this he, is the... Yeah, I used to, I don't think he knows this, but I used to sneak behind the curtain every night the whole season and watch his show. It was phenomenal. You can see him on, on YouTube. Pick, P-I-C. Are you, are you guys competitive clowns in any way? I, I guess a, a little bit. But if you're a good human being, then, then you're also uh, interested to, to be friends and to find things that you like in other people. Oh, I think you've been competitive against my friends as well, though. If they're yeah. in the same uh, playing tennis or something like that. But, but also, you know... Uh, if you're both performing in the same show, are you competitive about, I rocked it tonight, better than him? <laughs> yes, we would talk about that too. Yeah, yeah we shared that. Um, and we would listen to the success at the end, in the finale, the amount of applause. Right, right, right. And I, I would look at two people. I didn't even look at the audience. During the applause, I'd look to him to see his reaction. <laughs> and I would look at my boss, Bernard Paul. Right. And Bernard wanted me to have a lot of success. He, he yeah, loved. The, he loved the clowns. He's, he, Your success was his success as he, well. That's of right. Of course, that's uh, that's his where he comes from. It's his it's his heart. That that clown comedy performance. No. Yes. Because he knows how. He's a he's a very creative man. No. He knows how to uh, because he gives a very creative, high quality product. The whole Roncalli. Yeah. Uh, my God. Because he yeah. just he just has his hands on everything. He has good taste and and the. The, the 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 whole environment, the architecture, the lights, the sound, the music, the the costumes. Uh, this is he took me to a fl he took me to a secondhand shop and said that's your costume and yeah. it stayed ever since. I came there with jeans and some stupid shirt. He said your costume is shit. I said well what do you want me to do? He said I want you to come with me. We'll go to a flea market or a secondhand shop and th those are your pants and you wear shirts like this and you wear suspenders. But now my advice to clowns, don't go that way. If you're, if you're going to be a clown, find your own style. If you, don't be a clown who's going to come in with a suitcase. and Don't put it on the and, floor, and for sure. sure. <laughs> don't put it on the floor. Otherwise, you're never going to, never going to crazy horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Find your own style. Make, yeah. Don't do what everyone else is doing. So when you work with somebody, do you recreate, do you build something for them? Yeah, I build something for, yeah. for people. Yeah. And I also work in workshops with, with um, business people, business uh, CEOs, 
I work with Adidas and, and Mercedes, and I work at the Autostadt and mm-hmm. and um, and and Gerhard Schroeder. He was my next door neighbor. We live next oh. to each other in Hanover, and I, I help people. I create them. I, I just create their their um, aura. I give them a bigger aura, because with this aura, people will like you. And if you're someone who is talking in front of people, or if you're someone who is communicating, which is practically everybody on the earth. Confidence is very attractive, right? The, yeah, confidence is nice, yes. You or, need another drink. I'm good. You're good? Yeah. Um, I've got some more pictures all about this same uh, same era. We're going to get to other, other pictures. Yeah, these photographers, they would provoke me backstage. I just wanted to relax. Yeah. Backstage, there was like always these... You feel obliged to hang on. And they were like, give us something, give us yeah. something. That's what do you want from me? Yeah, so you're, uh, I've got to give something creative. Yes. And yes. deeper than this. But you were... Uh, mm. Oh my God, I haven't seen that photo in years. The woman behind me, she's a costume designer, and the woman in front of me was a, a, a famous painter from Dusseldorf. I don't want to give names. And the shirt I'm wearing, I got this. It was a, um, one of the first comedy clubs I played at in, in Atlantic City. It was called the Comedy Stop. Yeah. The Comedy Stop, and in the same time, it was a comedy club called Going Bananas. Yeah. In Atlantic City. In Atlantic City in nineteen eight in nineteen eighty two. Called going bananas. It was called going bananas. Yeah, they probably took the idea from this. So in thirty eight years. Yeah. You're back on uh, going bananas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. How how cool what is that? What goes around comes around. That's there you cool. go. There you go. So that same T-shirt. Pretty um, girls. Yeah. Oh, uh, there! I thought. I thought <coughs> that's when I. That's that's winning um, Monte Carlo, or no? I think that's Cirque de Ma. Is it really? I'm yeah. Not, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cirque de Ma because um, the costume oh. I was wearing. This is the clothes that Bernard Paul said you, you can't wear. That right. you can't come out as a clown, and it looks too cheap, and and uh, you don't want to expose. You know. You, your body, your body is not that beautiful that you should show it off like that. You should cover it up with a shirt. <laughs> but um, if that was Cirque du Soleil, that that wasn't in the big uh, Cirque Phoenix that they do it now. Was no, that, no, that was, that in, was in, in Cirque, yeah. uh, the Cirque d'Hiver. Yeah, I never, saw, I never saw the uh, Cirque du Soleil in the Cirque d'Hiver. I've only seen it in the, some years uh, later. Some years so, later, yeah. I think I've been going there for the last eleven years, and this is which year? 1985. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I was really happy. I was not. I was not in Paris at that time. No, but it's a great. It's a great honor to run the Cirque du Soleil. It's, uh, it's yeah, probably then the second uh, after uh, Monte Carlo. Uh, Monte Carlo, no. Yeah, it was. It was great. And in those days, there was no internet. Yeah. Which was important because someone told me, I, I you should, Peter, you should go join the circus and and and. Hmm. And so I went there and I said, I'd like to join the, the circus competition. And they said, well, you need to have some circus experience. And I just lied. I said, yeah, I'm from the Pickle Apple Circus in California. Right. And they couldn't look it up on the Internet. They just believed me. I said, okay, you're in. And I had no circus experience, and then I won the second prize. And then all the circuses from all over the world jumped on me and offered me contracts. And I, I thought about it, and, and I went to in Germany. Those days, in those days... Because you didn't have an email address, yeah. 
So how are they finding you? Because I, I told <laughs> right. you my experience and all that. No cell phone, no, e no email address or something. And then uh, where's your home address? Did, uh, yeah, well, I lived in Paris. Did you have a fixed, fixed I had home a, address? I, I had a small apartment um, uh, over the um, Alcazar, the club, yeah, the yeah, nightclub yeah. Alcazar. In the Marais? No, not in the Marais. In the, it's a restaurant now? It's a restaurant now, the Alcazar. I walked past it about 10 years ago. It's just a restaurant. And great name. Yeah, wow. I, I had an apartment about as small as this room here, with a fireplace. And uh, so when I won, the, the, uh, won this festival, Cirque du Dumas, I had about 100 business cards. And so I, I, and I didn't have a business card. I was so unprofessional. I just was writing my number down on a piece of paper. And there was no cell phone. So yeah. I just gave, I don't even think I had a phone. I just gave my address. They had to send me letters. Ooh, what a no, different I, world I that remember, was. I remember, I don't know how we ever did it. You know, cutting music was a nightmare in our day. You know, because <laughs> oh, I had the reel, the reel to reel. Uh, you know, we had to splice it. You know, now you can cut it on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, when you were cutting music, I was listening to your music uh, in, uh, on a Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. even know, Walkman's not even a, a word in our vocabulary anymore. Yeah, no, I did. My kids wouldn't even know what a reel-to-reel, -reel, uh, the old uh, tape players that we had. The technology Amazing. is changing yeah. much faster than humanity, than, than human beings. Yeah. We evolve, yeah. but not so fast like the technology. But one I'm thing that's constant is, is comedy. People laugh then, they laugh now. And Absolutely. And it's very important. Absolutely. The, the comedy and, and the, to, to go into a space where you feel it's nice to be alive. That, that's what your place is like here. People come through the doors here and they, and uh, you can feel the difference. You're here. celebrating humanity here. Like, I, I think you said that we're, uh, what did you say today? There's nowhere better in the world than this place, or this is, this is the best place in the world, or you said something about Europa Park. No, I didn't. And, oh, yes, you I did. Didn't, I didn't. Yes, you did. I'll, I'll, I, I'm sure we had the, uh, I'm sure you were mic'd up at that it's point. It's on some no. video camera somewhere. Yeah, for sure. But, um, not because I work here, but uh, you can feel the difference. When you come through the door here, you can feel that there is an owning family. We're not just, we're not just uh, owned no, by no. a family. I, we're run by a family who care. They live on the park. Yeah, you they feel are, that someone cares here. Yeah, I, don't see, I don't see the family. I see you. Yeah. To me, you are like, you're, you're, you, you are the, the life. This I, is like Jurassic Park for me. But in, in the movie, Jurassic Park was the celebration of, of dinosaurs. This is a celebration of, of humans. Yeah. Human to human. And, and it's just, it's, it's really I'm great. just an extension of the, uh, of the owning family. Because I'm educated by them. I'm inspired by them. Totally. That their, their honest commitment to the guest. It's simply, it's simply that. Well, how, how did they get the idea... I mean, in America, we have these amusement parks, but um, I don't see it together with theater. Well, I... Um, uh, Can we interview you? Let me interview you. I'll just tell you a very, very brief, because you're interested, in, and, and I think somehow the Peter Shub show um, should be to quench your thirst of knowledge as well. Um, Europa Park, um, uh, Mac Rides, is a uh, ride manufacturer. Started making... Uh, little trains and uh, circus wagons. You've slept, I'm sure you've slept in a Mack wagon uh, in, in the circuses. 
They used to make all these trains and circus wagons, and, and it evolved all the way through the years. And uh, then they started making uh, water rides. They are uh, one of the leading ride manufacturers in the world. This is Mack. It's 240 years old, something wow. like that. And this is from Valkirk uh, to uh, only wow. 30, 40 minutes drive from here. And um, 45 years ago, or probably a few years just before that, our creator, Roland Mack, with his father, Franz Mack, working for the Mack Rides, the ride manufacturer, making uh, water log flumes and water rides around the world. Um, uh, as far as I understand, Roland and his father said, why don't we just buy a piece of land, put our rides on this piece of land, and use it as a showcase. We can charge and get some money for the entrance, but then we can show our products. Europa Park is still a showcase for Mack Rides today. And um, that's, that's how it happened. Nobody, everyone, no, if I start quoting numbers, I, I believe this product, I live this product, and I truly love this product. If I start quoting numbers, I might be wrong. As far as I know, in the first year in 1975, uh, everyone said it won't work. Roland, Roland Mack and his father, Franz Mack, are crazy. They're going to build an amusement park in the middle of nowhere. It's not close to Freiburg. It's not close to Strasbourg in France. Won't work. Won't happen. Um, I think 250,000 people came that first year. Blew everyone out of the water. He beat the odds. Yeah, blew everyone out of the water. And then um, the next year, as far as I understand it, I think I've read reports, um, seven maybe 700,000 people came the next year. It was amazing. So it's built like that. What, what this whole company is built on is true passion and completely um, unquestionable, unconditional desire to give the guest a great day. And yeah. all of the rides, 80% you, you of the rides at Europa Park are built by our own manufacturer, uh, in, in Valker, 30, 30, 40 minutes away from here. So um, we're still a showcase. We build a fantastic new ride, never seen before in anywhere in the world. It's at Europa Park. I it's don't the care. end for sale. I don't care about the rides. What impacted me today was seeing two families having a, a water balloon fight. Yeah. I, you could remember you could you wanted to show me different parts. Yeah. I couldn't get I couldn't leave that that spot. Yeah. You and you were telling me stories also you have some history about this water fighting. You told me on your way to work, sometimes you, you have to walk by and you forget about it, and you're arriving early in the morning, and suddenly there's a water balloon exploding at your feet, and your whole pants are wet, and you come yeah. inside, and all your artists are laughing yeah. because they know it just happened. But you can have the latest state-of-the-art technology here in this park, which you do, and a one but the balloon, balloon fighting... Was yeah. was touching me, and, and yeah. it, it's just humans having fun together. Yeah, and 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 and, it, and that's what I'm doing. I'm selling the fun of of being human, the fun of being. This is our time together. This is our, uh, you know, billions of people have been, been on this planet before us, and billions will be after us probably. But in this small moment of on the time blink scale, of, this is not even a blink of an yeah, eye. Yeah, it's our time. Yeah. And so this is a, a space which says, come here, yeah. have fun celebrating with people you love, your family, and then, and then go home. It doesn't solve people's problems. 
It doesn't take the problems away, but it makes you feel better for a little while. Right. And that's, and that's, what, yeah. that's what we do. And that's why I want to work here, because I'm a freelance artist, and I'm attracted to places where people are meeting in masses, like here. There's so many people coming here. Mm. And, and the I, guest is loyal. The guest have, the have guests learned yeah. to trust Europa Park. Yeah. That's, they come back every year. They know that the family have invested. You know, uh, before I started working from here, I came, came here looking for somewhere to live to start working here. I would speak to everyone. They had no idea who I was. I would say, do you like working here? They said, I'm living my dream. And everyone is through that. But it comes from Franz Mack to Roland Mack to uh, Jürgen Mack, his brother, down through the family. Everyone is living wow. their dream working That's at this place. Because, yeah. And yeah. We're, all we're all living it. And, um, and they're entertainers. They would, yeah. You know what? They'd have all these shows if nobody came because they just love it. They love to laugh. They love the craziness of the creative mind. Whether you're a... Whether you're a uh, handstand person or an acrobat or a clown or a, a circus performer or a musician, they love that. It fills their joy. And then what they want to do is give it to their guest and, so, and then watch their guest go, I love this. And that's, that's, the, that's the reward. Really? Really? You used to walk around here and, before, and no one knew you because... Before I to believe that today, here. because when I walk around you today, I feel like I'm walking around with the poly, you know, no. famous movie star. No, Everyone, no. all the workers know no, because, you. Uh, because it's, uh, we're, in a, uh, we're in a small world. Everyone, everyone uh, <coughs> works together. You, uh, yeah. I wish I had more opportunities to work with more different departments. Now we're very big. I worked here in 1993. And we were... Uh, 1993? 1993. You must have been like eight years old. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. I, I worked here a long time ago, and it was a much smaller park, much more intimate, and um, uh, but the same. What, did they have like three rides then? They were. Uh, they didn't have the big Silver Star. They didn't have any any hotels. I bet they, the I bet the, the balloon water balloons. I bet that was the first it probably thing was here, the, and everything was built around the it water was, balloons. It was a, it was a very very. Um, let's say at that time I felt that it was maybe a bit more of a younger park. They weren't the big high-powered high powered roller coasters at that time. That came a little later. I can't send you the dates and stuff. But I know Blue Fire... Why not? I want the dates. Yeah, well, I can tell I'm, you Blue I'm going to walk out of this interview. I want, the, I want the dates. Now, you're, nine, Blue you're Fire, a very good historian. I think 212 uh, <coughs> uh, Woden and uh, Arthur came a bit after. But, it was a, it was but a now, Thursday. Now they try to cater for really the whole family. We've right. got all these shows on the park which will bring the bring people there's a lot of people that come to the park that don't want to do a roller coaster which they don't well they don't who, need who to comes do to the park and doesn't do a roller coaster i would say that's like going uh, to circus and not seeing a clown no nah, but i just say maybe uh maybe <coughs> the big roller coaster, the big ones which you're gonna uh, i, I want to do that tomorrow upside down. you're gonna do the blue yeah, fire with yeah. me tomorrow yes and well done and silver star yeah and arthur no. And voluntary. Stop, I'm getting sick already. And Pirates of Batavia. Oh, no, no, no. No, let's go, let's move uh, through. This is the, there it is. That's uh, <laughs> Bernard Paul. The clown in the middle. Yeah. But he must have been a big inspiration for you also, no? No? I haven't heard that question in a long time. He must have been, well, I mean, he believed in me. He saw yeah. me in Paris, and he... 
he believed in me before anyone else. He came. To, he was the first one to come over and say, "It's great what you do. Why yeah. don't you try it in my circus?" And then the other circuses saw him talking to me, and then they came <laughs> over and said, "Well, wait, wait, wait. If Bernard Paul is talking to you, maybe he knows something we don't know. Right. Would you like to come right. over?" And, and uh, yeah, he he inspired me, and he believed in me. He gave me a he gave me a really nice. Chance. You know, we've had uh, Lily, uh, his daughter, on the Going Banana show. Really? Yeah. She played here? Yeah. No, she, uh, she was on the Going Banana show in this studio, sitting in the same chair that you were She sitting. was talking. Yeah, yeah. Be, uh, just after she'd won uh, the Let's Dance. Did you see her on the... Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah great. she was here. Be- so, she must have talked to... Lady. She must have mentioned me about five or six times. Um, I'll have to check through the tapes, but I think she did. That, that, that would go back... <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back, Reini. Reini will go back. We'll, uh, oh, he'll bring hey, it. This, this Olaf is the photographer. He's taking. He, he's putting all these photos on on Facebook these days. Yeah. And uh, we had a big fight a couple of days ago, and now we're friends. We. He said, "Hey, Peter, don't be so angry. Let's have a phone call." And we we talked because he he put something derogatory. I thought he he, he put a photo of me and a woman on on Facebook. And then he mentioned something, something how I'm flirting with women, and I don't flirt with women, and I didn't like that he said that. I was kind of angry, but the, these are most of the all these photos are from him. His his professional name is Navigo. The star, the um, uh, the star of the show is the uh, is the clown, right? Where you mean you're the, the you're the red clown. You what you yeah. what uh, it's what it's what keeps the show together, right? I, I think so. I Great, think, beautiful, I think, fantastic I think cl- acts. I, t- I think clown is to circus what roller coaster is to, yes. to an amusement park. It's not everything. No, but no. it's the it's the uh, the core. It's the core, and it's the it's a, we have to save the show. If something yeah. goes wrong, they yeah. would say send in the clowns. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing now. I, I Corona's here, mm-hmm. so I, I hear in my mind. Uh, the director of the world saying, Peter, send in the clowns, do something. So now I'm, I'm teaching online. I'm, I'm, teach, I'm directing clowns on the internet. What's that, through your website? It's through my website. And yeah. it's also, I'm giving for free the possibility to meet once or twice a week what's called um, the lost tourist. You can mm-hmm. find it on Facebook or on Instagram. And it's for, totally for free, but there's never more than 10 or 12 people each week. And all we do is, it's a, a very slow, like meditative way to have a, a, a connection between humans. We, we, try to, we, we try to make the deep dive into how it is to communicate, but not with all stories about your past, right. about how the story of now, the story of what's it like being with 10 other people right now, seeing each other on, on, the, on Zoom. Right. And then, so that's free. Right. Forty years ago, when you left uh, Pennsylvania, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have thought you would be doing uh, a Zoom class. <laughs> no, I mean, ten, five, a couple of years, two years ago, I never thought I'd be saying some of the things I'm saying now. Right. Like I, I, I would never two years a year ago, I would never dream that I'll go into a bank and and halfway in the door think, oh, I better go out. I forgot my mask. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I do look, uh, I saw somebody in the, the, the pharmacy, uh, she had her mask on, and I thought, I think it's going to stay like this forever. I thought, uh, places like that, 
think they're never going to take their masks off. Bakeries and stuff like that, where they've got personal contact to. Uh, Can you imagine the children who are growing up today? They're, they're going to grow up and say, you know, they're going to tell their children that uh, the, our grandparents used to walk around without masks. No. Really? How terrible. Oh, that's disgusting. Did they spit all over your food? Yes. <laughs> Okay, where's this You're one? You're funny sometimes. No, no, where's that? <laughs> oh, this is in Moscow. I was Moscow? In, yeah. Um, I, I never would wear a watch anymore. This is really the beginning. I, I, I was one month in Roncalli. I wouldn't wear a watch because it's, it's too much reminding us of every day. Yeah, and, and time, the, the cloud. schedule. Got to finish or yes. got to get up, got to go to bed. Go Terrible. Uh, it looks like, uh, so I'm in Moscow. Uh, I was the first... American clown to play in, in Russia. It was, really? Yeah. 1986, that was. Yeah. 86, that was just uh, what? Uh, that was before the, the wall no, came 80, down. The 80, wall came 80, down uh, right? some years later. And I met um, the most famous Russian clown during these days, this week. It King was of Clowns. Popov. Popov. Oleg Popov. I've seen a photo with you, with him and uh, other people. Yeah, we did a tour in together King in Germany. King of Clowns. Yeah, King of Clowns. Yeah. Five years ago, and we, we toured Germany. We're going to do it again. Sadly, not with Popov. Well, he'll be there with us. Yeah, yeah, always. Now we're back to that. And then you, you get to, like I said, somehow, because I, I've always, I've done production, uh, production shows. The clown, the funny guy, is the, probably the star. He's the one that when you get someone like this, he's the one that he wants to meet. Yeah, yeah, not, that's not, funny. Not me doing a handstand, or I wasn't a handstand. But they want to meet. They want to meet the but guy I, that sort of made yeah. them feel. But something. I, was, I was always the one who said, "Look, I know you're interested in the clown, but come back and meet the acrobats and the other ones right. there, right. because we would we we're all doing this. We're all one for all, and, and yeah. all for one. We're all we're a family, and yeah, that was great. Got to meet a lot of these. Yeah, um, no, uh, I've seen lots of, but I've seen you work, uh, not live. I've seen you work with, with this man, with Lorio, megastar. He's in everyone's DNA in Germany, right? He is, and that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. No, that really, was amazing. Yeah. One day, I just got a, a call, and it was him. He, did, he didn't call his secretary or his agent manager. He called me directly, and, and uh, I pick up the phone, and he said, Hello, this is Lorio. And I was just kind of new in Germany. I sort of knew who it was, but I thought it was a joke. This can't right. be true. And he was speaking German. I said, so, sorry, 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 sorry. Do you speak English? My, my Deutsch is ganz schlecht. Can, can, couldn't Sie mit mir English sprechen? Right. So we did a mixed, a gemischte Salad yep. from English and, and German. It was really nice. And he said, I've seen your work, and I, I want to do a, a, a number with you for Stars in the Menasia. Are you interested? That's what I saw. Yeah. And I mean, he's asking me, am I interested? Did you, you know, realize like, that was Well, I don't know if I'm it. interested. I don't know. Let me, I'm really busy. But I think I could fit it in. Maybe. Or was... just say, no, I'm watching TV that night. <laughs> but um, yeah, watching my favorite comedian, <laughs> Otto. Right. I'm sorry. No. Otto. We're, I, I think we might have a picture of you and Otto. But um, did, you, did you realize that you're working with somebody who... who people really have grown up with. Yeah, I didn't realize it then, but uh, I mean, as I was telling people I'm going to work with him, they sort of told me he is like um, the Charlie Chaplin of Germany. Yeah. 
yeah, no, I told you, my, my colleague that I, uh, I'm in my office with, and he said, oh, my God, Peter, Peter is a legend. But so really? is Laurier when they work together. He said I, honestly, that? Honestly, he said exactly that. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's nice. And, uh, and This, this uh, was in uh, Munich at the GOP vari variety. Yeah. This was one of the last oh, was performances the, uh, he, came, he, he saw live. Uh, yeah. His doctor had told him he shouldn't really go out and see any more shows. But when I was in Munich, uh, Dorothy Koss, my manager, she called and said, um, you know, Peter's playing here. And he said, I definitely want to come, I want to come. He came with his doctor and his wife. His doctor came with him. No way. How old is he? He's pretty... I think there he's about... He's pretty up there now. He's 140. And, and, and during the show, during the show, during the pause, we came outside and, and, and we were playing like kids. He was um, doing finger tricks with me and we, would, we were pretending we were... Uh, because the press was there, you know. Right. He was doing you things that physically he shouldn't do. Yeah. Physically he shouldn't be putting his <laughs> but he was doing this for the because of the press and because yeah. he's just he's a big kid. He's a big child. Yeah, we had a uh, wonderful wonderful career and, and made a lot of people forget their daily troubles. But I asked him, um, we worked a week together every day for four hours and once I asked him, What would you do again? If you could do your whole life, what would you change? And he said he would spend more time at home with his children. <laughs> and when I say it to you, your head goes down, and me too. Uh, it's hard. It is hard. You know, if you, it's hard to juggle family and, and show business. Work-life balance. Time. I think I had a piece of uh, something written on a piece of paper about, you know, you're uh, you're a leading artist that people want you not so much in your home city, but everywhere else. And to have this work-life balance... You've got to move. You've got to move. And you've got to be full power. You've got to give everything people want to want you. Yes. You know, not just simply get on the stage and, uh, and do your act and uh, go away. They, they want you and they, they embrace time with you. And, and it takes time away from the kids that they're calling you and you're like, I can't answer because I'm in the meeting or I'm... Yeah, uh, and, and they say, when are you going to come see my concert? Can you come next week? I'm playing... My kids play instruments and they were in the school orchestra and I'm, I'm missing so many of them. Or the school play or, or uh, important moments you miss because if you really want to be good in show business, you, you have to commit. And show business means if you're good, theaters are calling and saying, please come here, please, we want you there, we want you there. When no, not 2020, how many how many days, how many days are you at home in a normal year? In a normal year. Oh, I think um, out of 12 months, I'm home uh, two months. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the first time in my life that I've been home for four months. Or so now you've got to get to know them. Then, You've got to get yeah, to know the kids on yeah, a daily basis. That's true. It's like I remember, I, I'm waking them up that, hey, you have a father who's, who's yeah. here every, every day. And we're getting used to that. Now I'm afraid, you know... I, to I, go back I, out I, on the road. I, it was not easy to come here. I'm happy I came here to meet you and have yeah. this interview. But uh, it's hard. It, it, it's... It's, it's, it's a sad... That's a sad part of the success. Yeah. Or just, you know, if you're going to go into show business, don't have kids. 
Or, or you know what? No, we need <clears> that. Or you, if you're not super successful, I was, I was successful, but I'm not super successful. If I was, I'd be in movies. Mm. And when you're in movies, then you have so much money that you can stay home, take a bath, and your work is, is working. Yeah. For me, every uh, I'm not in movies, so I have to every I have to every time I want to to pay the bills, I have to go do a show somewhere. Exactly. If you're at home, you're not paying. And you're then not. you're you get on this um, circuit loop, treadmill, the circuit of yeah. the varieties and the travel and the traveling, uh, as you mentioned earlier, private it it uh, kills you. Yeah. So I'm glad that I had this break where I could stay home, and I think. Uh, I'm going to teach more. I'm going to slow down performing and teach more. Yeah. Teaching is great because you could also go home and at night. Um, I'm teaching a lot around Hanover or people come. I'm offering workshops. People come. They travel to Hanover. Do your kids understand uh, the commitment that because I, uh, uh, children, you know, I, I don't want to say that children are selfish, but they, you know, um, they, they, they are attracted to people who give them attention. You know, certainly when they're babies, they want someone to, to, pay the, to give them food. And, or to, and nobody better to give them attention than a mother and a father. Right. So I guess at the end of the day, or when they're grown-ups, they'll look back and say, wow, look what our father... You know, Papa sacrificed his life so that we could live on a good level. I think they will. But my kids are teenagers. Are yours teenagers? I think yours are too. Uh, one is a teenager and yeah. the other one just hit 20. Oh, good. Yeah. And as teenagers, they're not interested. They don't want to hear my sad story. If I have to, that I, I'm working for you, they don't want to hear that. They just yeah. want, they want, they want, quali- they want time. Yeah. They want time. Yeah. It's a balance. Um, it's a balancing act. Yeah. A constant, and it's a fast juggling, a speed juggling, I think, sometimes. Speed juggling. Yeah, when you're, when you're uh, on the road or... Uh, because our business demands a lot of energy also, not just simply traveling. Commitment. Commit, yeah, like you say, total commitment. That's, that's for sure. And, and uh, what was this? You were with uh, oh. Claud- Claudia Schiffer and uh, Deborah Caulfield. Uh, yeah. Two, two absolute megastars. Yeah, they were, they were, I don't know if people still remember them. They're, people are I saw David age, Copperfield uh, three months ago, about a week before the lockdown happened. I saw him uh, perform in uh, Vegas. So they came to Roncalli, and, and David uh, loved my show. We went to dinner together, and he was asking me similar questions like you, and how yeah. do you find your ideas? And he said, I'm going to come back. Um, tomorrow or the day after tomorrow with Claudia Schiffer again but don't tell it to anybody because I don't want the press to come because I have a girlfriend in America and I don't want her to find out Right. so what did I do I called the press Really? and I said David Copperfield's coming in two days come because you know sometimes you have to be an asshole Right. and I wanted the press I wanted this photograph so they came. And David then you pulled said, them in the manage. And I pulled them in the manage. He didn't know that. And I pulled them in. I did it for the fun of. of I did it for my. Must have my, been electric. I did it for my career. Because they were was. Uh, I mean, Claudia obviously because she was uh, uh, Germany's sweet, certainly one of Germany's sweetheart. She was he, an international. She was the model of yeah. uh, the world. But was was he that big in Germany at that time? Also? Yeah, yeah. Everyone knew. They David knew him Copperfield. from television, and, and right. he was on tour. 
That's so you had two there. absolute international megastars in the manege with you, and yeah. they didn't want anyone to and, and they couldn't say no, because they were sitting in the front row, right. and I said, come on. And, and, and it was interesting, because I could feel the resistance of, of both of them, yeah. but I, I did it selfishly. I, did, I said, you're coming, you know, in my, uh, unconsciously, I was thinking, you're coming to help my career. Yeah. <laughs> and I helped, his, I helped his career because he stole some ideas from me and he was doing it in the show that right. I went to see some months later okay but, yeah it's fair, fair. fair. Yeah, but he changed it he was, he was respectful and creative and he right. would take some ideas and change it do you stay in contact with any of these sort of uh, people yeah, that you've... I, yeah I, I'm yeah. in touch with Otto uh, he come, he, we write to each other. Sometimes he comes to see my shows, and he surprised he surprised me in Hamburg when I did a solo show. He came to my on my He's birthday. He's a friend to us at Europa Park, friend of uh, our oh, really? family. Yeah, Otto. Yeah, good guy. A lot of fun. Yeah. And you stay. In, you you you're you're still in contact. Yeah, on, on uh, WhatsApp. Uh, uh, WhatsApp. Yeah, some people say it's not cool. Yeah, and uh, musically, is this just? Uh, uh, did you work with these guys, or were you, yeah, uh, I, I I I opened for them uh, a couple times, and they're from Hanover, so sometimes we we meet up and we Scorpions, we chat a little bit. Was that your style of music as well? Then it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I love some of their stuff. Fantastic. Back to back to. This, uh, I mean, I'm sure you could put a bubble up there, the, you know, the, the lone circus clown holding up the tent or holding it all together. I yeah, know. I think it was more like I'm trying to hold it all together. It was, uh, it blew my mind in the beginning. It was just so much work to do. I, I couldn't believe the, 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 the rhythm, the routine. I, I, I was performing... I never performed like that. Two shows a day, two or three for no. seven months. You had to do three two or three shows. shows. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I just, you know, I said to Bernard after a week, I said, "How do you, how do you do this? This is, this is. I'm tired. That's, that's me being. I'm exhausted. I can't believe I have to." I'm do not this. sure that people. I certainly, I'm sure. I'm sure that the people do not realize the energy that you expend to perform. That's true. They do when they that's see an acrobat. True flying trapeze, doing triple somersault uh, from one trapeze to the other, being caught and they understand that. But I think they don't understand you because you're in totally in it the, all the time because yeah. there's only you and you've got to keep them. Because I think if you lose interest, they will lose immediate interest. No, That's a good point. That's a good point. And they, they don't know how difficult it is because I sell it as it's very easy that's the thing that's not. the way the, the way you perform <clears throat> it's just like you're just in yourself and this is just like I mean, oh we're I, having an evening yeah. with Peter yeah no Peter's performing but you don't know this is they don't know that inside there's a little boy yeah. screaming oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> over and over and over yeah well it's, oh my, it's just the oh my god it's, it's the fear that what if it stops working what if they don't laugh anymore? What, what am I going to do? Because because you're you're funny today is no guarantee that you'll that's be funny tomorrow. That's why, that's why uh, what how I started off in the evening that you come out with a you know a double somersault from an acrobat will always be visually uh, impressive. 
but from uh, from you the pressure to come out and make people laugh with all of the different different um, mediums that they can get information from now. You can do everything on YouTube. You can see everything on Instagram, Facebook, all these things. And you're coming out to humanly touch their soul while, you know, and make them physically have a, a physical movement because of what you're doing. God, when I, I hear you say that, I, I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm scared. <laughs> no, but I, I hope, I hope that... Uh, that you'll come and perform at Europa Park and, and, and our guest, who we appreciate. And uh, it will be a great opportunity to have you come and, because you'll appreciate them. You, you most certainly will. More than just, it's not a job for you. It's, uh, it's a life now. It's, a, it's a, uh, the way I, I want to work very with impressed. I want to direct some shows with you. I want to do some of the comedy. I've, well, I, I have a question. Why have you never asked me to come perform here? Like all, a lot of my colleagues have played here. I've spoken to uh, Dorothy for uh, my many manager. times, yeah, uh, and um, it's 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 about. Oh yeah, that, that's what she said. I asked her today, "How come I never played here?" She said, "You never." They asked, but you never it's, had time. It's 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 a lot about timing because, to be honest, in, in um, we have a um, you you do the palazzos. Yeah, the palazzos are um, established uh, uh, things. Uh, contracts and they go for a little bit longer than ours and then when I've asked Dorothy can you come to us uh, she'll say oh Peter's already booked for four or five months in a palazzo be it where or something like that and then I said I'm offering a two-month contract or because we have varying contracts not to say that we don't want you is um, as, as I had in my timing there were there were places I want to work at. I never worked at because when I asked them for a job they said we don't need anyone we're booked and when they asked me, I said I was booked. So um, I, I've, I've got a feeling that you're not going to stop soon. And I think that it, it's all about timing, the timing and availability. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me? Yeah, I would love you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't, oh, no, we're not yeah, allowed to do no, that. Of course, you see, don't, now, don't. now you say I'm a, a creation of my experience. Now I'm going to be all nervous. We didn't shaking. touch. But Thank metaphorically, you. man, you're yes, in my do. arms. Thank you very much for being on the Going Bananas uh, show. I'm, uh, so this, hey, this I, I, I would like to say uh, uh, today I've made a friend that I appreciate. Me too. That's nice. This is, this is great. Now I want to find some popcorn. I had yeah, let's get so Did you finish that popcorn that you bought? You yeah, bought? but the, the popcorn was delicious. I love salty popcorn. Yeah. All right. Typical American. Should we go? Let's go. Let's go have a beer somewhere. Yeah.